Okay. But then we're we'll be on vacation. Off. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right after I hit the record button. Oh, well, that's okay. That's all right. We can, oh, skeleton is. We can tell them anyways. They're going to find out. Um, yeah. Welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy, you guys. I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And we're talking about volume 42 of Senchal Kapama today. Um, and we were just talking right before I hit the re- – Ashley never knows because I'm the one that records our audio. So she never quite knows exactly when I'm hitting the record yeah, button. Yeah, could and be telling like- my deepest, darkest secrets and <laughs> <laughs> they'll uh, be public information. Yep. No, I know you wouldn't actually do that. I'd, I'd edit them out. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'd save them just in case, but I'd edit them out. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I would never do that to you. Um, <laughs> although I don't see either of us telling each other our deepest, darkest secrets um, over uh, over vir- over Mike. a virtual recording when yeah, yeah exactly. we see we see and talk to each other in in real life on a regular enough basis. Exactly. Anyhow. Um, so you were just telling me I was before just, you hit record. Yes. That um, Ashley and I are very excited because we're going on vacation next week. Yeah. Like a real actual vacation. An Both actual of us, vacation. Like a girl's trip. To another trip, city. To another place <laughs> that is not our home with our friend Mallory. Mm-hmm. Um, so we. You guys have heard me talk about Mallory a lot on this uh, podcast uh-huh. because she's the. the the originator of the throne of glass for me you know what i was thinking it's thanks to her that a bunch of listeners have started reading that Uh series i I mean to tell her her effect on the world i know you do because yeah she probably doesn't listen because she doesn't watch dz's but yeah i mean to the point we have a discussion thread in our podcast group yeah about the book series also i was thinking about it and i was like Mallory's technically the reason we watch Deezy's too, even though she's not a Deezy watcher. That's because true. She got you into Penny Reed, uh-huh. and it was Penny Reed's author Facebook group that got yes. you into Deezy's, which then made you drag me down with you. Yeah. And here we are. So, really, so this is it's all, all thanks, thanks to Mallory. It's all thanks to Mallory. Man. So, yeah, we're going on a trip with Mallory next week, and we're so Yay. excited. But what that does mean, we're recording 42 today. Today is mm-hmm. Monday. Um, the new episode of Central Kapama 43 airs on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Ashley is leaving. Ashley's nuts. <laughs> Ashley is leaving for a, a little mini trip vacation with her hubby mm-hmm. on Thursday. Yeah. Till Saturday. She gets yep. home Saturday night, has to pack because she and I leave. Our flight leaves <laughs> at 7 a.m. Sunday morning, which means we have to be at the airport like at 5 a.m. So yeah. Ashley and she's working this week, you guys. We're recording this in two parts today. We're recording the first part between her first set of meetings, and then we're going to pause, and we have to record the second part after her after second, my set, second of meetings. set of meetings. And I'm guesting on another podcast later. That, well, the episode won't air for a few weeks, but I'm recording it this Friday, again, because mm-hmm. of our vacation. So we're rec- we're recording today's episode. Then Ashley and I are going to watch subs of 43 the second they drop. On Wednesday. Wednesday. And then we're going to wake up at the crack of dawn on Thursday to discuss the episode. (laughs) And of course, this would happen when it's like, you know, it's going to be a heavy episode based on how this episode ended. Like, why couldn't it be this episode? I know. There's little to no, um, like, mythology or floral references. I was like, man, I didn't really have to do much of any research for this episode. But you know that 
that uh-huh. Wednesday's episode. Well, and there's going to be, be flowers everywhere. Flowers everywhere. There's going to be angsty <laughs> flashbacks. The second fragment, the first like 0.3 seconds of it, mm-hmm. you can tell it's a flashback scene because Serkan's hair is combed over and his ring tattoo is there. So oh, okay. there's going to be flashbacks, I'm guessing from his perspective. Um, Maybe we won't get as many floral, you know, metaphors and <laughs> – I'm I'm speaking it into existence, Kristen. <laughs> Don't look at me so skeptical. Wait, 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 wait. When did the day come that we were like, maybe we won't have those? We're, we've been begging for these, so it this would serve is, us right. This is the only time <laughs> that I will request less yes. you know, mythology and symbolism in an episode, only so, because of the sake of time. Yeah. So we're you guys are going to get our episode for 43 very early. You'll probably get it later in the day Thursday yeah. slash early Friday morning. But that yeah. means there won't be an episode next Monday because we will be out of town. Um, I mean, we could schedule it to. Yeah, but, we could. We could schedule it to wait and drop. But we'll probably just drop but, it early for you guys. Yeah. You're more than welcome to wait till Monday to listen to it. Just so <laughs> you still have an episode on Monday. <laughs> but I don't want to. I just don't want to forget about it. So. Yeah. We'll drop that as soon as we record it Thursday. And then, yeah, we'll be out of town from Sunday to the following Sunday to the following Thursday. So that will put us back on track to be able to watch 44 right. over the weekend and record back to normal. We just won't be watching live or anything like that. So because right. we'll be having fun with Mallory and yeah. another friend who lives close to where we're going, who we'll finally get to meet and hug too for the first time, Corey, who's another DZ friend and a book friend. So yeah, we're just, it's going to be fun. I'm very excited. So it's just all the timing, of course hit it everything started culminating after we booked this trip and then it was like oh look everything's landing right (laughs) right around this trip so anyhow all right all right going so um quick um i just want to say thank you to willa and Miriam. they both helped me out with some translations this week because the subs were especially difficult like way more than normal i feel like um Mm -hmm. so they helped us out with a lot of stuff and um, somebody pointed out, and I don't know if we just realized this and forgot to mention it last week, but it's worth mentioning, that when Serkan was sitting in the lobby at like 5 a.m. staring out the window, he was actually staring at that rock that's like the heart of the hotel. And I, I don't know why. Oh, it, see, like, it's – well, I didn't realize that rock was the heart of the hotel, quote unquote. Uh-huh. I, I saw he was staring at a rock. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, he's staring at a rock. Yeah. I, no, it was – Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I just, realize that was the connection. It, yeah. And somebody pointed that out. So I was like, oh, I'm going to mention that. And um, I think that was – I think that was pretty much it for that. I had a bunch of other stuff to chit-chat about, but sorry, Nadia, I won't be talking about Ashkloft and on the Moz because we're – we're so short on time today, but <laughs> I was like, watch me talk about that show forever when we chat tomorrow morning because I've been like binging through it, but I'll save that for another time. Anyhow, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, any so other have, housekeeping? I don't think so. Um, so if you have anything we can, or if you don't have anything, then we can start chatting. Yeah, no, I'm good. About that opening scene. Okay. So, um, we get to watch Kiss Var again happen. <laughs> um, I really liked that basically it, she kisses him back, which we already knew that, but that she's like, oh, hey, 
yeah, you don't get to have the last word essentially is like what it really was about. So I kind of – You don't get to decide anything for us. Yeah. So I kind of love that she was like, let me get mine and then leave you high and dry. And he Mm -hmm. was like, what is this confusing message? Like (laughs) – yeah, I like that that was her version of revenge, was uh-huh. to, to kiss him. Kiss him? And then walk away. I'm like, all right, okay, I see you, Ida. I mean, I'm on board with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my so gosh. So we, we flash over to Idon, and um, essentially Idon and Engin have both pretty yeah. much figured it out that uh, Hiraz is Serkan's and Eda's child. They don't have proof, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both declare that that's kind of what they're going to go after. And I guess we can go right off and talk yeah, about this because, because it was half the episode. Well, it was. And, like, you know, I – again, I tr- we try to be very understanding that we're not in the DZ industry and – Time constraints are crazy with how long the episodes are. The editing was really rough this week, though. Like, it felt like... It was super choppy. It was very choppy. And so it kind of started taking away from some of the more important scenes because instead of us just getting to see them play out as one long scene like we should have, it would right. flash back to other stuff where they're... I could see where they're trying to kind of go for the comedy balance versus... And then back to heavy. So there's kind of... both. For me, it just sort of was like very jolty. Um yeah. And wasn't my favorite. So – and the the whole paternity aspect of it was a lot of where the edit, uh, choppy editing came in. So – Definitely. Um, yeah. So we can just discuss that whole thing now so that we can then just talk about all the other pivotal scenes after. Because like you said, we spend about half the episode um, figuring out like what they're planning to do to get the proof they need. And, you know, Angan brings Erdem into it, who shows up mm-hmm. looking like Howard Stern. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then he there and don't get me wrong, there is some pretty funny parts in the oh. culmination of all of this. Like, yeah, don't get sure. me wrong. It was funny. It did its job. Yes. Um, you know, when he's like trying to pull Kiraz's hair and then she's the one that tells him like she'll mess him up if he does it again. Like, yeah. And Ed yeah. is even like, you heard her. Like, yeah. And then John's like, I will too. And he kicks yes. him. And-, <laughs> and then like later when he's babysitting them, still trying to get either her toothbrush or hair or something to be able to send in for a DNA test. Uh, John and Kiraz are talking in her room and she's like, I don't mm-hmm. like that or Dem. And he's like, it's because he's jealous that you have hair and he doesn't. Yeah. Like, it's just really funny. And then like Safi gets involved mm-hmm. coming over to, quote, help babysit. But really, he's up to the same thing that Erdem is. Only because well, Idon has sent him, yeah, on right. this errand where he needs to find proof and he needs to update her all the time with what he's doing, what where he's going, uh-huh. how his progress is being made. And, and like all... poor Pearl's trying to do damage control this entire time when she kind of gets an inkling of what's going on yeah Um, she can tell something's up for sure yeah well they all wind up working together on it eventually Mm -hmm. ingen erdem idon and safety because they realize they all have the same common goal Mm -hmm. um they wind up taking serkan for a drink so that they can steal his straw and then they kind of mix the straws up and we're like we'll just send all the straws in because one of these is his and then you know we'll get our proof um so they send everything in they send this the pink toothbrush in that they wound up stolen they send Stoling? Stealing? <laughs> Stealing. 
<laughs> oh, I, I think I was going for stolen stole. and stealing. Yeah. Or, yeah, just stole. That they stole. And, oh. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. In English, um, you guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. God bless anyone who learns this as a second language. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they end up sending in the pink toothbrush, all the straws. They get the mm-hmm. results together. And then there's this whole explosion about how um, Angan is the dad of Kiraz. And Erdem gets it, all bent out of shape, even though I'm like, did you not cheat on your girlfriend, though? Like, who are supposedly, you to get... <laughs> yes, he did. Like, who are you to get bent out of shape? It was, you know... Um, yeah. Yeah, he, like, hugs because Pearl comes. And he's like, <laughs> Pearl, Hanum, brace yourself. You're going to hear some really terrible news right now. He gives her a hug. And then they yeah. br- they break the news that <laughs> Angan is Kiraz's dad. And God bless Pearl because she's like, you idiots. I thought something <laughs> actually happened. You, she, you like, already knows over. it's uh-huh. – Yeah, well, she already knows, of course, there's no possible way because she knows the truth. And, of course, she knows Angan too, which right. I love that she was like, don't be ridiculous. You got – why – how could you be so stupid to even consider this? Um yep. And then she sees the tooth. They show her the toothbrush, mm-hmm. and she's like, "You guys are even worse idiots. This is John's toothbrush." Okay, did you not love that it was like, "Hey, guess what? Just because it's pink doesn't mean that yeah. it's uh, Kiraz's." Like, yeah. Um, anyways, I like. I just like that. But it just totally goes along with their whole family dynamic of like, you know, because Angan's a stay-at-home dad, Pearl goes right. to work. So I was like, of course, John has a pink toothbrush too. Um, but yeah, so that's how it came out that Angan was supposedly the dad, which mm-hmm. obviously any of us could have deduced that. But um, it, yeah, so then that chaos kind of winds down and they're like, well, crap, we still need proof. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Perot walks away at that point for something and John she shows up. She has to go talk to Eda because they're, she's like, oh, they're figuring that's right. this out yes, and that's right. I need you to have a heads up. Think so about you, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. What your next move is. So – John walks up and is like, I'm so sad Kiraz is leaving, but she left me this lock of hair, so I'll remember her. So, of course, then this – they posted behind the scenes of this, and it looked like they had a ton of fun doing this oh, next I'm scene sure they where did. they're just, like, piling on each other, fighting for the hair. It was super ridiculous because it was – Like, why would you need to fight over the hair? You're all <laughs> trying to accomplish the same purpose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's one kid against all of you. I think you could get the hair from him if you really needed yeah. to. Yeah. But again, the comedic relief. So – Of course. Eventually, we finally get the DNA test. It proves what we all knew. Um, yes. But now they have the definitive proof, and right. then they're trying to decide how and who should actually break this to Sercon. So, right. And then I think they, we can leave it at. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to do the little aside that they confirmed that Kiraz is Edda's child because um, Idon made Pina go through um Ada's purse and yes. took pictures of all her documents and, poor and then Pina's she gets like caught guilty by Karem. yes poor Pina is riddled with guilt this whole episode because first Sarah Khan's making her lie and then her aunt is making her you know steal not steal but you know essentially go though yeah somebody's um personal effects and take pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's stealing information. Yeah. Um, did you like um, too when she tells Sarkhan like, uh, Sarkhan, I'll be, you know what I've learned in this three days of my internship? This is what I've learned. You're in love with Edda. And he's yeah. like, you've got three seconds to get out of here. 
Don't you love, though, that he doesn't deny it? And no. He, make, uh-huh. he has that little smirk uh-huh. right when she first says uh-huh. it. Like, like, hmm, hmm, well, <laughs> get out of my face. Uh-huh. Exactly. He has like, nothing yeah, to say to really that. you're really mad, aren't you, Sarah Khan? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> and you're working really hard to keep it a secret. Um, yeah. So Pina and Karem kind of get caught up in the whole situation with her having to do the dirty work for the family. And then Karem catches her and she ends up lying to him about why she's there. And so, but they, so he thinks she has a crush on him, but you you can tell they are crushing on each other. Yeah. So that's all kind of continuing. But then he overhears her talking to Idon and the fact that she lied about why she was there. And he, you can see his little heart get kind of crushed. Um, well, yeah, because so she's like, that. I had, I pretended to like him. I kind of was like, what? But you do like him. Why would you tell her you pretended to? It'd be one thing to say, like, I had to distract him. But right. the way she worded it made it basically sound like she doesn't actually, like, have a crush on him or like him. So then, yeah, like, his, his poor little heart is, like, smashed to smithereens because he's like, oh, the the rich girl's using the poor guy, like, I, you know, I mean, there's already that complex there with him where it's like, we're from right. different worlds. You know, you're, we've already established that. So it's like, that's not, that's not helping matters. So I'm thinking that the reason she said that though is because it was to Idon. Like, is she really going to tell Idon right. that she's crushing on this guy? Right. And then no, Idon's you're right. Like, oh, yeah, that's such ridiculousness anyway, because you're from different worlds. There's no way you would like a guy like that, <laughs> you know, being snobby Idon again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really why she yeah she said that she's gonna not be super forthright to her aunt who's making yeah. her steal information <laughs> well that's true you can't really blame her um i'm yeah. sure th- i'm sure that'll get cleared up i don't think that's something that's gonna get dragged out no, like crazy long so. um quick question though so do you think that's it for kimabe like do you think that he just had like oh. contracted episodes to finish and so I mean, I really don't know because I'm like, he wasn't present at all this week and he did leave last week. She finally wouldn't tell him. So it makes me wonder if his storyline, they didn't, they they were just doing that because maybe he had been signed a, con- maybe he had signed a contract when he came on in the 30s for like a certain number of episodes. And so maybe it was like to fulfill those. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I hadn't even thought about it mm-hmm. because out of sight, out of mind because he right. wasn't in this episode mm-hmm. at all. And I would think if he were going to be brought back and if things were going to be made right between the two of them, he would have been back this episode. He, w- he would still have a pre- – I mean, who knows? He could be back this coming week. Um, right. Maybe he just had other obligations. Um, I know he's just a – I know he's a guest star, so he could have other, like, projects and things he's got going on too. Um, yeah, maybe he's just gone. But, yeah, so I was like, oh, hmm. I wonder if he's just gone and coming back because then that would also make sense why it's just sort of been this, like – back and forth between the two of them because it's like if he's not coming mm-hmm. back the actor you don't want to give him too much of a story that you can't finish telling right but if he's got to be in the episode yeah so i was like man well, I and her I... screw up was pretty epic with him yeah so i could in in real life i oh, that would wouldn't take blame him at all from. uh-huh yeah so I that could totally yeah that could have just been his out yeah, so now I'm curious if he'll hmm. show back up and we're like, oh, well, there goes that theory. <laughs> right. So anyhow, I just noticed his absence and I was like, oh, I wonder what Ashley thinks about that. Yeah. Well, clearly I didn't notice his absence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kimobe. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's a good chunk of the episode that we've just knocked out right there. It is. Um, And it's funny because, yeah, like you – we were saying this off mic mostly, but like, you know, there wasn't a ton of – you know, too many huge metaphors or symbolism or anything like that. And it doesn't have to be heavy in every episode. This is just an no. observation. It's not in any way a complaint um, because there's other story to be told outside of those things, which is what we got. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like the scenes we did get were very key and pivotal. And you did kind of have to dig beneath the surface of some of those scenes, especially with Serkan and Kiraz. Mm-hmm. Like there were two very different sides to that coin. And I like that we got to see – what Edda thought she saw happening, which is yes. what we saw play out on screen, versus uh-huh. how Kiraz saw it with her little innocent heart and, you know, her childlike yeah. eyes. Or as someone pointed out, um, I'll read this at the end of the episode, but somebody connected it to the whole idea of the little prince and, you know, seeing what is essential is invisible to the eye. You have to see with right. your heart. And Kiraz was seeing all these interactions with her heart. Right. Um, it, it felt a lot like um, a, a couple things. It felt a lot like through this episode, Eda was the pilot, so to speak, where mm. she's kind of lost mm. that view. Um, and then Kiraz is the little prince having to kind of reintroduce her to, no, you you didn't, you know, uh, draw, me a, draw me a sheep, draw me a sheep. Yeah. And she's kind of having to reconnect to this perspective that she hasn't considered in a really long time of Serkan because of Kiraz. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a really then, good point. And then another thing I noticed was that, you know, we talked last week about mm-hmm. that Serkan really needs to fall in love with Kiraz before he, or it, it would be best, it would be ideal if mm-hmm. Serkan fell in love with Kiraz before he knows that he's her dad. And I think that we got that this episode, mm-hmm. and I felt like that was the main, really the main focus of this episode, right. was not even necessarily Serkan and Eda, it was Serkan and Kiraz. Yeah, and, you know, in that same sense, last, you know, the beginning of last season, yeah, Eda would get on his nerves, and Eda would get under his skin and drive him nuts, mm-hmm. but he was falling in love with those things, even though we right. were seeing his outward frustration being expressed. Yeah, his prickliness. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, by the end of the episode, you know, when we get to that scene where she hugs him, which obviously we'll talk about that more in detail mm-hmm. when we get to that scene, You just like when they hug at the end of episode six into the beginning of episode seven, mm-hmm. which funnily enough – they that's their first like you see that hug and like something shifts between the two of them at the end of that episode yes and then at, and he gives her his guitar pick and mm-hmm. then Serkan and Kiraz hug and then she gives him her shoe and they both have the same pattern like yeah the the shoe looks like the guitar pick like yeah so it, it's a more Cinderella aspect to it you know right um but yeah and the fact that ugh, Aisha's mind like. Aisha Hanum, if you're listening, chef's kiss, brilliant, because the teaser of the season was what? Him holding a shoe and that's Mm -hmm. realizing that is his daughter. Like, Mm -hmm. and it it felt very Cinderella because they were all dressed up and it was much more fancy. But so that was her already telling us that that's how he was going to find out. And then that's how he finds out is with her shoe at the end of this episode. So I just loved all of that and that whole connection and what that painted. So, um, yeah. So 
let's uh let's dive into all the meat now of the episode yeah <laughs> so sarah on the phone right uh-huh. this is where we're at now okay um well yeah he's at he's in the place where ed uh, has been working out of so she doesn't exactly have an office but she's mm. been at that same little station same little table area outside you're right okay. uh-huh and then Ida comes back and there's a rose there oh yeah <laughs> that's right oh my gosh and he she's like what are you and the roses doing here basically because <laughs> it's his office <laughs> and he he's like it's for you i'm gonna bring you a rose every day until you forgive me and she's like well you're gonna need to bring all the roses in the world if that's the case and it's funny because, of course, he gets that cocky Sarkhan look and he's like, <laughs> you know I can actually do that and that I will, right? Like, yeah, I will bring you every rose in the world. Yeah. Um, so they kind of go back and forth a little bit regarding the relationship. And she's like, well, I don't want this. And he's like, well, I do. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, so – he his phone starts to ring. He's like, "Don't you see? Like, I'm ignoring work for you." And she's oh like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, brother, Sarkhan, like we've been down this road before. Your work is why we broke up. You're, like, I see what you're trying to do, but you know, right. fool me once, you know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, one unanswered phone call doesn't mean that you don't mm-hmm. care about work as much as you actually do. Well, and I love it because she's like, I know you better than you know yourself. Like, it's mm-hmm. killing you not to answer that phone call. It's killing you not being back in Istanbul in your office. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're eventually going to give in and you might as well now answer that phone call. I can tell it's important by the look on your face. Like, whoever's yeah. calling, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, he does answer the phone and she kind of hears him talking about how like, well, if you don't do this my way kind of a thing, I'll take a whole, I'll take a bulldozer to all your buildings. Yes. Even she's kind of like, what did he just say? Like, (laughs) yeah. Oh my gosh. He's letting his personal life leak into his professional life at that point, I think. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly it so so we switch over and melo and ifair are talking about some grocery lists and talking about melo flirting with guys and, and all jumping this branch kind of to branch <laughs> yeah um so ada comes up and she's kind of flushed and they're wondering what the heck is going on with her mm-hmm. ifair ends up leaving because she kind of just makes excuses and passes it off as nothing but after ifair leaves melo's like Hey, girlfriend, you can trick your aunt, but you can't get anything past me. What's going on? So Edda, <laughs> being so subtle, <laughs> just starts making kissing, kissing noises. noises. <laughs> but Melo doesn't get it. She's like, what do you, okay, kiss? Like, uh-huh. And then Edda tells her that she and Serkan kissed. I love it because she's like, he kissed me. And then, of course, Serkan's telling Angan that Edda kissed him. Edda and neither, kissed him. neither one of them are lying, but right. he initiated it. Um, so, yeah, they she starts spilling the beans. And she, that's when she kind of says, like, I kissed him just to get the last word in. Like, he doesn't get to get the last word in. I do. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, Melo's like, what in the world? Why does why does my Aniche do this? He, he's acting unbalanced. And then we switch over to Angan and Serkan. And he's like. And he's like, I'm not unbalanced. <laughs> <laughs> so Serkan just basically wants her to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he says that he's changed. And he wants her to see that and to realize it. Well, meanwhile, Edda 
is like he's still the same. He's obsessed yeah. with work. He hasn't changed. Um, but something that Ida says is that what all that she she basically is like there's nothing left for us anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no chance for us. But maybe there's a chance for Kiraz. Right. So that seems to be kind of her shift in focus. Like she's not even really considering the two of them getting mm-hmm. back together. But she's thinking, if there's a chance for my daughter to actually have her father, then maybe there's a chance at happiness in that area. Yeah. Which is, you know, I I respect and appreciate that that's where her priority is. And mm. I, I love what Angan – because while Edda's saying all this, I do love that Angan tells him, like, listen, like, when your actions don't really change, your consequences mm. don't either. And, you know, because he's kind of telling Sarkon, like, you are addicted to work, though. You are – all of these things. So, like, yeah. the consequences of that aren't going to change either. Um, but, you know, of course, Sarah just set out to, like you said, prove that he's not obsessed with work anymore, that it's about mm-hmm. him. Um, and so, yeah, when she's like, well, maybe his feelings about fatherhood have changed, um, you know, and we'll, we'll go from there. Because it's never been her goal to actually keep Kiraz from Serkan. She wants mm-hmm. to keep Kiraz from being unwanted or knowing mm-hmm. that she has a father who doesn't want her. Exactly. So the second that there's an idea that that could change, she's not going to keep, she's not going to keep them from each other. Right. So, you know, what she says, if I feel that he's even just a little bit ready, then I'll tell him about her. Right. And then, of course, Serkan's like, if she even thinks a tiny bit about the fact that I am the old Serkan, she'll give us a chance. And I think by old Serkan, he means not original, original Serkan, but. Right. The, the Serkan from he, when they loved each other the yes, most, probably. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so then basically he's got a plan. They're going to mm-hmm. go to the pool and Ingen's and like, okay. he doesn't care about work. Yeah. He's like, well, I've got <laughs> stuff to get done too, but all right, here we, like, here we go. Right. Um, and then. Yeah. We have Kiraz uh, with Melo and Eda and she isn't hungry because she already had ice cream, so she doesn't want her food. And then Eda gets a call from the doctor because. Uh, there is a vaccine, there's a shot that Kiraz needs to get and she's uh-huh. needed it and they haven't had a chance to get it done yet. Did your sub say that it was called a flower vaccine? Yes. I, I was like, what and the I was heck like, is that? What? what could... I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't think that was the... I didn't even hear Chichik. Yeah, I couldn't really hear what the word was so I, I figured it was probably wrong. I just thought it was funny yeah. that that's like what it said it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, she needs a shot. So, of course, she runs away. Barak mm-hmm. is the one who winds up going after her. He's like, I'll find her. Um, and I love it because Serkan walks by all nonchalant because Ed is like, oh, here he comes. He's going to – here, it's going to start. Gonna come get me because we need to do some work. Well, and she's kind of ha- – like, you know, she's got this, like, Cheshire cat grin going on. Mm-hmm. Like, here he comes. He's going to try to win me back. But he just brushes on by and is like, merhaba, like, and just keeps on going while she's – drooling <laughs> yeah and her and melo are shocked they're like yeah. what, is, what is this what inconsistency is this uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh oh man so yeah um so we have a little kiraz run in with idon and safi because now idon's oh, trying right. to act a little differently now that she knows this girl is likely her granddaughter yeah 
But, you know, she still is make, making comments about her clothing and how poor she looks and stuff. But I love what Kiraz says, how she's like, well, this is the clothing that fairies wear in the forest. They only wear uh-huh. they only wear gowns to things like balls. Yeah. And um, it's cute because Idon's like, oh, well, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> and for every answer you give me correctly, I'll buy you a gown for the ball. And she's like, really? Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's like, what's your mom's real name? What's the, mm-hmm. you know, and it's funny. Because the thing you see in Kiraz, which bravo to Maya, <clears throat> excuse me, the thing you keep seeing in Kiraz this episode is she wants to tell. Yes. Like, she's done with the game. Yeah. And she wants to tell people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a few t- – like, even with that, she kind of gets excited about the prospect of being able to answer that question. But yeah, then, she's, like, looking at Idon and Safi and uh-huh. kind of – you can tell she's ready to blurt it out at any second. But then Melo comes rushing up and she's just like, Kiraz, 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 <laughs> trying to distract her, trying to distract them. And then she rushes her off before Kiraz can spill the secret. Yes. So, um, again, Sarkhan just brushes by Ada again. <laughs> and yes. She's, she's kind of left in a trance. Karem's and trying to talk to her. <laughs> and Karem <laughs> Listen, he, this is a logical point of view, okay? He's I like, love him. What's the deal? You I thought you wanted him gone. And did you notice he uses the 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 word defil? Oh. So so during our Turkish lessons, <laughs> yep. our wonderful teacher Mahmoud told <laughs> us if you want to tell somebody like get out like get the hell out of here you would say defil like uh-huh. <laughs> and that's a very strong way to say it and he yes. be- so karem from his point of view he all he's seeing is edda being really angry and upset right. at Serkan and she clearly doesn't like this guy and then suddenly she's staring after him drooling and he's like what's going on you went from defil to staring at this guy like uh-huh. you're in love with him and she gets all defensive. Oh my gosh, Edda. It was so good. And I I my translations were weird for that because mm-hmm. she kind of scolds him something like when will you get the the vocabulary correct or like Yeah, um, I think like cuz he does he doesn't speak very um I think well, it's proper like slang. Right, yeah. like street talk cuz he grew right. up in, he grew up in an orphanage. Listen. I got my adoption, you guys. <laughs> because Just with Fo- Karem. Yeah, because Fox put out those character uh, blurbs this week. And Karem's was, he grew up in an orphanage without a family. And Ada, Ada took him with her when she was coming back to Turkey. So I'm okay. like, I did get my adoption. I just, <laughs> I just had it with the wrong character. <laughs> there you go. So anyhow uh so yeah i think it was more her like come on like because she basically hired him so that he could go to university you know afford to go to university and get an education so he can do well for himself so that's i don't i didn't the way it was worded like i said with the sub sounded i think more harshly than she meant to come across um it was just more like oh my gosh you just answer with your fists and your and your uh slang words and your (laughs) right so um Anyhow, she winds up going off after him because she's like, we've got work. We've got to finish, which is also true. I mean, they do. Yes. Yeah. And so Serkan, this is when he starts sending Pina on Edda errands. Like, hey, go tell Edda that I'm taking the day off today. Like, because he wants yes. to be able to prove, look at me. I can ignore work and enjoy life. And mm-hmm. she's like, 
I came here to work and learn. The only thing I'm learning is that you're in love with Edda. And then he's, yeah, yeah does, he's like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So we transition over to the pool where Serkan is hiding at the indoor pool because he doesn't want Denise seeing him without a shirt. <laughs> oh, my. I thought that was so funny because it was um, so good. he's like, we're at the indoor pool because, you know, Ingen's like, it's so nice out. Why are we here? And he's yeah, like, what's your problem? Why are you in here? Do you know what Denise will do if she sees me in a swimsuit? <laughs> and, you know, obviously that was really Karem being like, do you know what this whole fandom's going to do? Listen, they they cut. Par- there were parts in the fragment that got cut. So I know we lost other scenes this week, too, right. which is a bummer. But in the original like fragment. Like full-on shot of his abs. But even in the fragment, they blurred his <laughs> abs out. So it's like this time they were like, well, we don't have to blur them the whole time. So let's just only show him from the neck up while he doesn't have a shirt on. Yeah, we noticed uh, Hakan or whoever is responsible for that camera shot. We noticed. That killed me. When I when I saw that, I was like, that is so ridiculous. Like, cover the children's eyes. Oh, <laughs> the seriously. man has six-pack abs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was so good. Um, oh, geez. So, So, yeah. anyway, at the pool um, – Serkan has passed all his work off to Angin, and Angin's like, dude, what it, what's going on here? Why don't you just do this? Now I have to do all your work for you, but you're right here. You know you're going to be distracted. Um, yeah, you're still going to try to get involved, All you know, because exactly. they stink and know him. Um, <laughs> I love that he's like, I cursed the day I met you, Serkan. <laughs> and he's like, join the club. You're not the first one. <laughs> yeah. Nor will you be the last. <laughs> Welcome to the Circumbola Sarkan- Club. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so good. Um, oh, so man. then we, we do switch over for a minute to more Pina and Karem. This is when it's so cute because she was um, – was she sent on this errand? Oh, yeah. She was – this is when she was like, crap, now I have to talk to Edda and tell her he's taking the day off. And right. she's all nervous because she hates this kind of stuff. And she's feeling guilty. Yeah. And so she starts – she's hiccuping. And so mm-hmm. we kind of basically learn that's her tell if she's lying or or anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he helps her do the whole upside down water drinking trick, which I just yeah. thought was really adorable. Um, yeah. So, of course, Edda then does show up looking for him. Pina's like, yes. did you notice how she chose her words carefully? She's like, uh-huh. well, he made an announcement that, that it's his not day. working today. Right. So I was like, that was very smart. She was just repeating what he said mm-hmm. um, without actually lying because he did say that. So Because Edda's like, what do you mean? Where Where is he? And she's like, I don't know. And then <laughs> she, she runs off, She runs right? away. <laughs> <laughs> She's just, she's like, I gotta save myself. Yes. So then, of course, Edda calls his new, Serkan's quote, new secretary answers. It's Angan. And she's like, oh, I love it because she's got his number down. She's like, oh, I see. He's making you do all of his work so that it still gets Mm -hmm. done while he's sitting right there and pretending that he's taking the day off. Okay. Like, and he just laughs because he's like. Well, and Angan's like, oh, like, or is that, I think that's after she actually finds him at the pool and, um. He's like he says something like, like shot shots fired or you know yeah. shot, and, shot and killed Edda uh, like uh. <laughs> acting all offended that she would deign to say anything like that. Right. Well, so yeah, shirtless Serkan walks in. We only see him from like the back though, 
and yes. and far away. And she's not buying it. I love it. She, I mean, she's a little dazed by seeing him walk in, you know, dressed for the mm-hmm. pool. But she's not letting it deter her from what she knows. So she basically calls him out. And then he – it's funny because she's like, whatever, I'm too smart for this. Like <laughs> – <laughs> and kind of walks off. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Con's telling Ingen, oh, by the way, since you're doing all my work for me, we're going to – okay, I had to ask Miriam for help on this because, like I said, bless Willa. She sent us so many scenes. I requested, like, a couple scenes. And then mm-hmm. she sent us, like, a ton of really good scene translations. Um, but this one was one that wasn't there. And I was like, he's on the – he's telling Ingen we might lose the firehouse project. I was like, so they're doing fire stations? Like, I don't understand – and so I, I asked Miriam, I was like, can you tell me what exactly they're talking about? Like, because it sounds like the translation I watched said, we might lose the firehouse project. And Ingen's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, oh. I told them I'd put people inside the buildings. And I was like, okay, something's very lost here. That makes no sense. Oh, see, so, my translations must have been at least mildly better because they actually made sense. But go ahead. So um, Ates Shahir is a city. But Atesh is fire, so that's probably where the translation's got, like, fire project. Okay. So it's a project that he's doing in this city. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we might lose it. And Ingen's like, what the heck are you talking about? And he's like, well, I told them I might have – I that I was going to bulldoze their buildings. So I was like, right. oh, it was in it was reference to that phone call. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that just did not come across for me at all. And so it was much yeah. funnier once I realized that. Um, yeah. Because and then Angen freaks out and he's like, "Why would you do that?" And then Sircon's like, "What do you mean? Why is there a why? Why does it exist? Why am I here? Why am I in the pool?" <laughs> my, mine, mine said, "Why, why am, am I naked?" I naked? <laughs> why don't I work? Don't ask me why, Angen. No more. <laughs> There's no answer for that anymore. But Angen's like, oh, yes, there is. We call it the Edda Yildiz effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how right you are. So good. So, yeah. Also, there's a bunch of Idon and Denise scenes that go back and forth um, a few times. Basically, what it comes down to yeah. is she's, of course, trying to win Sarkon. And mm-hmm. she's trying to do that through getting into Idon's good graces, too, yeah. because of the Bolot family. Um, And so there's a lot of back and forth. And what it comes down to is Denise is just going to plan a whole dinner for everyone to come to um, that evening. And it winds up being Sarakon centered. Um, Did you – didn't you love how she kept using English? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is unbelievable. (laughs) I was like, that must be like a posh or Uh chic thing to do if people (laughs) – if people weave in, well, like how they'll say merci yes. and, and Idon is totally, like, does that all the time. Oh, chuck merci. Uh-huh. And that kind of, so I, all I was thinking was it must be something that posh, fancy people do that they, oh, I know English. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Aisha, the actress, I'm like, she's doing, she's nailing her part really oh, well. She does like, it so I really well. am enjoying her. Yes. Like, I'm enjoying being annoyed by her. It's really yeah. fun. Um, and, and the whole airheaded character, she's pulling it off so well. So well. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's how she was, too, when she was Arzu in EK. Yes. But, yeah, she's it's on a much bigger scale here because she's here for an arc of episodes, obviously, mm-hmm. not just one. But, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying her. Um, yeah. And so. Hilarious. Hilarious. So. It's funny that you mentioned that. I think it is like a posh thing because 
in the other DZ I'm watching, Honda and Barack's. Mm-hmm. There's a side character. She is like my favorite side character of all side characters ever. I love her. Her name is Tuval, and she's like the head designer. And she she'll just pop spout off with stuff, and she'll be like, "Where is my coffee?" But she like <laughs> actually says it in English. <laughs> Or she'll be like, no, thanks. Like, she'll just say these random little English phrases amongst her Turkish. And so, (laughs) but she's so, she's, oh my gosh, she's the best. But it's really funny because every morning she's like, where is my coffee? (laughs) I was, I was cracking up. So I was finishing the episode yesterday and Eric came into the room Mm -hmm. and it was right at the point where... Serkan is doing his international meeting at his mm-hmm. house and uh, Kiraz is like jumping on him and distracting him. And well, he's running the meeting in English, right? Yeah, oh and my so gosh, yes. Eric Eric walked out and he, <laughs> he came over because he, he knew what I was watching. And right. he's like, is he, is he speaking English? She said, no, babe, you're understanding Turkish. <laughs> well... I had just finished the scene because uh-huh. uh, I I think the guy's like like he says like let's get into the details the, uh-huh. the, yeah. the one respond let's get into let's the get details into- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so I was I was laughing so I paused it and I explained to him I was like well Karem actually speaks really good English he lived in the states for a long time mm-hmm. he's really fluent you might even hear a bit of a Texas drawl right uh, because of where he lived. And I was telling him how they'll work it into so many of his roles to have him speak English because he's fluent, but he's never the quote American one. No. So whenever they have him talk, I was just telling him how funny it is whenever they have him talking to quote Americans, Americans. they're the ones with a really thick accent. (laughs) (laughs) And now the guy was like, let's get into the details. Karem's like, perfect English. (laughs) Perfect Americanized English. As a Turkish man. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So it is funny. Well, and Hannah pointed something out when we were watching um, a movie last week, a Turkish movie. And there's a girl there who speaks a lot of English. And they're telling her, like, they're like, you're from here. Like, speak Turkish. And she's like, I can just express myself much better in English. And it's very British English. Um, Okay. And so it's funny because, like, and she was like, you know, it's funny because we as Americans think, like, oh, they speak English. She's like, but you can tell most people when they, from abroad, when they learn English, it's probably more of the UK. Yes, it's probably more that kind of English that they're learning. So while, yes, they're going to have their own accent to it because it's not their mother tongue, it's going to have more of that um british like sound to it than it is going to have an american sound to it and i was like that's a really you're right that's like a totally good point um but yeah it just adds to why it's all the funnier that karem is never the american like who who speaks turkish he's right He's the Turkish man who can speak English. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was just funny because Eric yeah. was totally thrown. Uh-huh. By, he's like, "Am I? What's going on? I'm confused. Nope. You're watching no, a babe, Turkish you, show. <laughs> we've been. I've been watching Deezies for so long. You're starting to understand them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyhow, yeah. So we have this whole um thing at the pool with the project that he's going to lose. Adiola's effect. All the mm-hmm. Idon and Denise stuff, which eventually leads to this party. So I don't think we'll really be able need to talk about any of their scenes after that. I agree. Um, so now Mela and Mela and Edo. No, no, Kristen. Man, I'm hitting it with the spoonerisms these last couple weeks. 
Edda and Melo are talking about how uh-huh. it's like Sercon's day off and how mm-hmm. basically, you know, Edda's not buying it. But, you know, Melo's like, well, has he changed, you know? And also mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to change your bachelor life when that's all that's being presented to you is a bachelor life. Like Exactly. Um, you know, so I was like, that's actually a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. And then Kiraz shows up and is like, Ser Kambola is at the – do you love that she always calls him Ser Kambola? Ser Kambola. Yes, I do. Ser Kambola. It's so cute. It's adorable. So she's like, he's at the pool. Can I go swim too? Which, again, also so adorable. She just and wants to be around him. Her heart knows. Her heart just, yeah. like, knows. He doesn't know yet and she doesn't know yet. But their hearts, no. Hers especially. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just does. She's got a tiny pair of invisible handcuffs. She does! <laughs> oh my gosh, so, that's so cute. So, of course, Edda's like, sure, that's fine. Why don't you invite John? Or I think Kira says she wants to invite John. But she goes over. We have a funny little scene with them where she mm-hmm. goes to invite him. And he's like, no, I have a phobia because my parents <laughs> tricked me one time. They said I was going swimming. But they gave me a shot instead <laughs> because it would be easier if I didn't have clothes on. <laughs> so she's, oh my God. So we get a sweet moment though because Kiraz is like, because he, I think John asks her, "Are you so? Are, what are you gonna do? Are you still gonna go?" And she's like, "John, I trust my mom." Hoshchakal. <laughs> I that was so freaking cute. I can't say it enough. Bringing kids onto this show was such a brilliant move. Like it was. It. Oh my gosh, they just enrich it so much. They're adorable. They're so cute. So of course, before Kiraz is off getting ready for the pool, and Edda shows up at the pool. Mm-hmm. And Serkan's bug eyes come out, and um, his I said his robot he's circuit so board distracted. is fried. Uh huh. Well, and, and it's funny. Poor Angie. He's like, "Hey, hey, stay with me. Focus. <laughs> you got to stay with me. Look, look here. Look at the project. <laughs> look at what he says to him. It's the best when Serkan. What Serkan says to him." Well, because he's like, he's like, she's she's going to the pool, and he's like, okay, so so what if she does? Look, look at this terrace. Look, forget it. Look at the, and Sarkon's like, forget the project. Look how beautiful she is. And he's like, oh brother, gosh. yes, great. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful woman, but she's also an ordinary person of flesh and bone. And then he's like, Sarkon, because he can tell he's losing him. Oh and my Sarkon's gosh. And like, no, I need to get close to her. I need to go swim to her. Okay, so the translations I watched where he tells. Say that he tells Ingen, you work, I'll look at how beautiful she is. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I have to swim to her. I'm going to do it under the water. Uh-huh. And he does. And I don't know why that's he so does. attractive. He just like glides right under there. Just pops up. And I'm well, like, excuse me, who do I need to talk to to get a get a Karem to just pop up in the pool right in front of me? The weird thing is that what specifically made it hot was the fact that when he popped up out of the water, he didn't wipe his face or anything. He just no. opened his eyes and started talking. And I'm yeah, like, and as, what, yep, he's why, just glistening. Why does that make it more hot that he just popped up and started The Karem effect. That's what. <laughs> Forget the Edda Yildiz. Well, don't forget the Edda Yildiz effect. That is very strong and powerful. But the Karim yes. effect has some potency of its own. Um, anyway, so funny. So, yes. Of course, she's like, are you like a teenager flirting, trying to get the attention uh-huh. of all the girls? Again, I love this so much. He's like, no, this is entirely for you. Like, yep. 
let's make this clear. No, I don't. Mm -hmm. The fact that he is actively aware and avoiding any type of misunderstanding between him and Denise, like he doesn't even want Denise to see him shirtless at the pool, like bringing peanut excuse me, with him last week so that she, quote, doesn't eat me for breakfast. <laughs> like, Yep. And then just straight out telling Ida, I want you. Mm-hmm. And now he just keeps following it up. He's like, what do I have to do? I've changed. Let me prove yeah. it to you. And then him saying this, no, it's actually for you. Yep. And then he puts the fire to her feet because she's like, I'm not, I won't return to you, Sarkhan Bullet. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get back together with you. And he says, okay, well, why did you come into the pool then? <gasps> I love her and answer. And she, she's like, I made a promise to somebody that I love very much. And he, of course, is going, what the heck? Who are mm-hmm. you talking about? Mm-hmm. Who you? Who do you love very much? Or drain a, a person the, you drain love the very pool. Sarkon is about to be activated. Uh huh. And then we hear a little Galdim, and oh. it's Kiraz. <laughs> and then I love it because who does she ask for help with her floaties? Not mom, or but you Sarkon. know Edda Abla for the game. Right. But yeah, she asks Sarkon. Sarkon Bolat, mm-hmm. and I love it. It is like she's talking to you. But do you notice he doesn't look annoyed? He just says he just that says, he's okay. I'm coming. Yeah, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's already got him wrapped around yes, his, he his deserves, pinky finger. He deserves a lot of credit. Like I – we'll get more to those when we get to those scenes at his house. But because I know on the surface there were people frustrated with both sides of it. Like – um, but I'm like, no, there's more to it than that. And I saw it differently. And then getting it from Kiraz's perspective at the end only further – like cemented that for me um mm-hmm. but yeah this is the start of it like yeah he he could have said uh your aunt is right here she can do it or you know what i mean but no he was like i'm coming and then he starts blowing them up and she's like faster faster get it and he's you know just their little their little banter um yeah. and it's funny because he's noticing as he's doing this the way she's being demanding and all the stuff he's mm-hmm. like she's just like you she even looks yeah. like you and I, I, the power of de- denial or just even, like, fear mm-hmm. um, in, like, all these, quote, obvious things being shown to him and it just going right over his head. I made a joking video during the live where I was like, a math lesson for Sarah Combolot. And then I basically listed all the things, like, you know, she's got a strawberry allergy. She always right. with Edda, blah, 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 like. Sarkon, that adds up to two plus two equals you're the father. It was a joke. I obviously wasn't, you know. Yeah. Um, and when at the end of the episode, I'll, one of the analys- analyses I want to read dives into this more. And I just, oh, I love it so much. So anyways, all this stuff is being made obvious. It's going over his head. <laughs> but he's noticing right. it. He is noticing that she's a lot like Ada. He's noticing that they act alike. Um, mm-hmm. He's just he's just not putting two and two together yet. Right. So, um. And this is when Melo comes in too, right? Yes. Uh, because Kiraz gets very distracted. I don't think she ever winds up actually going in the pool, funnily enough. She doesn't. Um, yeah. She ends up – she's going to like run off to find John and Melo's there at that point. And mm-hmm. he's like, Kiraz, put on your sandals. And she runs off. And Edda – it's funny because Melo's the one who notices. Edda's like, just let her go. It's fine. But yeah. Melo is like – you're She's concerned. Like, oh, you're concerned about your daughter. Uh-huh. And then she catches herself and she's like, my daughter. But, you know, like she's practically your daughter because you're my ex and each day. Nice save, Melo. But oh. so one thing that I think I forgot to bring up mm-hmm. um, 
I think in episode four, it must have been last episode because mm-hmm. did Sercon and uh, I don't think Sercon and Melo talked, like spoke to each other during episode 40? No, because he, I don't okay. think he saw her for the first time until until the very end. The very end when everyone's there at the cafe and okay. 41 when she's like, that's my daughter, you know. That's right. So I just wanted to point out that he is back to calling her Melo. And in mm-hmm. 41, when they speak to each other, he calls her Melek, but he catches himself. He forces himself to call her Melek. Yeah. He's like, meh. And he he stops and then he's like, Melek. Yeah, to make so it more he formal. He automatically was going to call her Melo. And I, again, just a tiny detail that I was like, thank you, Aisha, because we all know that Sarkon Bullock calls her Melo because of yes. the relationship that they had. She's yes. not Melek. He was trying to put that wall right there right at the beginning because mm-hmm. of that and called her Melek for that reason. But he had to catch – I loved that he had to catch himself before yes. he said it. And force himself to be more formal with her. Exactly. That's a really so, good observation. That's all. So, you know, he's like, it's just hygiene, Melo, like, you know, all that. <laughs> um, and – oh, but you know what? Before that actually happens, I – also loved because again Kiros when she's like I need help putting my hair up for the pool before she's oh gonna go in gosh, it. Oh my gosh, that was so. Funny. And she wants Sarkon to do it, but Sarkon calls uh-huh. Ingen over because your son has long hair. You should know how to do this. They make a hot mess of it, and it reminds me of when my dad would try so hard because you know my when I was in I was in kindergarten or first grade when my youngest sister was born. So, you know, my mom wasn't readily available to do my hair every morning in elementary school while she was recovering from giving birth. Um, and my dad would try to do it. And, like, he curled my bangs one day and – but, like, just wasn't thinking. And as he had the curling iron on my bangs, he, like, rested it against my forehead. Oh, and he like burnt you? Yeah, not thinking. Yeah. He wasn't obviously trying to burn me. Right. And, like, my ponytail just looked a mess. Like, it just – you know. So it just made me laugh that – what they wound up making her hair look like. And then she terrible. says, when Kiraz is like, men are incompetent. Yes. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> and I love how offended they get when Anna starts taking yes. it out. They're like, what are you doing? This looks great. <laughs> She's like, it's going to fall out in a second, the second she gets into the water. <laughs> it was It was just iconic. They were... The whole scene was so funny. It was I really love how funny. personally they took it. And yes. <laughs> they're like, oh, we should have put a high ponytail on her. <laughs> oh, huh? oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I just wanted to point that out since we jumped ahead of that. But, you know, so it's just hygiene, Milo. Uh, Kiraz is now off to her next adventure, finding John. Yeah. Um, and then there we find out that there really is a problem Uh Peril has with, now shown up. With the Qatar project. And of course, he's not believing it at first. because like, like the boy who cried wolf. He's yes. like, yeah, ha, ha. We have a problem with the Qatar project. Sure, Peril. And then Ingen's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Uh, believe me. Even though she's, she might have said that last time and it wasn't true. I'm also telling you we have an issue here. Well, and I love it because he's like, what the heck? I've been working on this for four years. Like, I can't mm-hmm. lose this. And he's like, I know exactly who's at the bottom of this. So he clearly knows who the issue is with. Right. Um, but he looks – because he knows he has to go back to the office and take care of this. But right. he's also trying to prove a point to Edda. So he's, like, looking over at Edda, who's just enjoying this because she knows exactly what's happening right now. And right. Peril's like, 
why are you looking at Edda like that when I'm trying to tell you there's a disaster affront? And Edda's like, let me explain. He's yeah. trying to prove to me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and she's all well, hot and all haughty about it. Um, well, then coincidentally, Edda gets a phone call and the project that she's been working on with people in Italy they are on their way and their stuff that she doesn't have ready for them. Right. She can't so, show them the landscape because all that's been changed. So it hasn't been done. Exactly. So she has no landscaping to actually show these people. Yeah. So now so she's Sarah like. Khan turns it back on her a little bit and he says, oh, well, if you weren't so concerned, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. you're more concerned about work than you want to let on. Uh-huh. But I love it because she's like, if you're going to Istanbul, I'm going with you. Like, I've got to yeah. take care of this. So mm-hmm. they're going to. He's like with me and she's like, Yep. Did you see his face, too, when he's, like, <laughs> like I don't know why, but I meant to I meant to text it to you because I was, like, it just totally reminded me of a face Eric would make. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you know exactly what part I'm talking about. I'll have I'll to send have to you the rewatch. clip. I'll have to rewatch. I must not have noticed. It's just a very quick little thing, and I'll send just it to like you. Just, like, a goofy a It's goofy just this face. goofy face, and I was, like, that just screamed Eric to me for some reason. totally Eric. Uh-huh. So anyways, uh, sorry for you guys who couldn't see my face movements that I was trying to make to Ashley to show <laughs> her what Sarkon was doing. Sorry for all of you that won't be able to see the face <laughs> Oh, yeah, all of you. Sorry. Um, anyhow, so. Um, we get more Idon and Safi. Yeah, she's whining uh, because the, the florist girl is spending time with her precious son. Right. We get the blah, official blah, blah, confirmation blah. that Kiraz is hers, but that's all we know because there's not a father listed. But, of course, yeah. Idon's like, do the math. It's very obvious. So, yeah. again, just puts her more on her journey that we kind of already explained. Um, right. Erdem comes and then he's got his wig, all that. Do so, you know when, he call, when he's like, let me go help the girl? Strawberry? Watermelon? Yeah, watermelon. Like, <laughs> turd oh again though him him kind of catching on to Uh what's happening he's like why a hair do you suspect something yeah our shakespearean fool Uh (laughs) uh-huh so we get edda coming to tell melo that she's gonna go to istanbul with kiraz and serkan and melo is kind of you know the one who gives her this idea mm-hmm. that maybe over the years his heart of stone has turned soft mm-hmm. and she kind of suggests to Edda, maybe if you leave them alone for a little bit, you can see how they're inter- – actually, I'm sorry, that's later, mm-hmm. isn't it? Well, um, I think she does wind up suggesting that to her like, hey, you work – kind of work at a distance and just see how they do, like how right. they interact. You're, yeah. yeah. I think she says that right here. Um, I can't remember if it's then or did, or does she call? Oh, Milo it might be on the phone the later. Yeah, yeah, it might be yeah, that. But I either way, it. yeah, she could. She either does way, it's Milo's up. idea to yes. to have her do that. I love that she hasn't lost faith in her Anish day because she mm-hmm. even struggled. You know, she never says X right away. She has to like force herself to, to say X Anish day. Yeah, yeah. So then we get this Sercon. Now listen, this scene was funny, but I'm like Sercon. There is a wide berth on the side of Barack's car. You could have very easily pulled around it. Such a drama king. But, of course, he's like, can you – Barack is clearly working. Okay, Barack. I need to start pronouncing my Turkish names better. Anyways, he I, I Americanize them so much. I'm like, Barack. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So – um he is clearly working. He's, like, unloading and loading stuff out of the car. He's not just standing there for the heck of it. And Sarah Khan's like, I need you to move your car. I have to go back to Istanbul. And he's like, 
okay, well, you can wait. Like, yeah. not everything revolves around the great Serkan Bola. And honestly, I can't blame him for taking mm-hmm. that stance. Um, you know, so he's kind of salty with him. But Serkan's kind of like, he gets the drift, like, is there an issue beyond this? Do you have a problem with me? Mm-hmm. And bro- he thinks about it. You notice that? He kind of takes a breath and he's like, no, it's nothing. Like, right. Um, so then um, uh, Ed explains uh, to Kiraz that we're going to have to keep playing the Melo Ane game, which right. again, here's our next clue that she's kind of like, she wants to spill the beans because she's like, it's not really fun when Melo is not here. Like, yeah. So, and of course, Ed is like, oh, so you're saying you can't have fun with me, huh? Maybe we need to go get you that astronaut costume you wanted. Or mm-hmm. another translation said rocket, but I, I think it was astronaut costume. Um, okay. According to the translations I was given. Um. Either way, she's like, you know, we're going to go. So they show up at Serkan's car. And he's like, okay, let's go. And then she's like, um, you have only two seats. Yeah. And she's like, and knowing you, if there was a one-passenger car, you'd buy that. And Serkan's <laughs> like, kishke. And I'm like, oh, brother. <laughs> um, so Burak ends up offering to drive them. Yes. Because, which Serkan notices he, mm-hmm. because – Eda had explained the whole reason she's bringing Kiraz is because her, quote, parents are both busy. <laughs> and then somehow Barak has the time to take them, to drive them into Istanbul and then come back. <laughs> so he kind of points that out. And she just kind of, I don't remember how she even explains it away. But Well, um, I think at that point he's kind of like, oh, but if that's the case, that means you can ride with me. And that's right. she can ride with her dad. And she's like, yeah, no. She's like, they entrusted her to me and trusted Serkan. Oh. <laughs> so, so she basically explains, I'm not going to pass him off to her, pass her off to her dad because I was entrusted with her, which still doesn't make any sense. I know, but, I know. But, but she she gets out of it and um, they all drive separately to Istanbul. Yes. And, you know, Barack, she's like, thank you so much. That saved me from a situation. And he's like was is Sarah Khan basically trying to blame Sarah Khan. She's like, no, it's more me in my head. All these, all mm-hmm. these lies I'm having to keep tell, you know? Right. Um, so they arrive in Istanbul. Um, and good old Kiraz continues to spill that chai. Cause she's like, oh, your house is beautiful. My mom knows this house very well. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> which is so funny that, that Ada would mention that to her, mm-hmm. but maybe she's like, Oh, that's true. But like what circumstance would there I I guess maybe she cuz f- for all we know, mm-hmm. Kiraz only knows about Serkan because of her meeting him. Or maybe I or it could even be like maybe they talked in the car about it where she's like, you know, at at this oh, you know, maybe. at this house there's horses and there's you know, a okay. lake with turtle. You know what I mean? She could have been, like, telling her about the stuff That's there true. is on the way there in the car. As kind of, you know, enticing her to yes. be excited. And, okay. Right. That's Cause, true. Because remember, she she was kind of nervous about going, like, well, what if Serkan doesn't want me to play? Right. You know, and she's like, no, you can play and do whatever you want. Like, you're a free mm-hmm. child, that kind of thing. So that could explain it. And, of course, that would explain then, again, Kiraz's little heart just knowing that the truth needs to come out by being like, my mom knows this house. Like. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, it does like, yeah, because Melo used to work for you and we would right. work here sometimes. Ha ha. Tee hee. Elbow, elbow. Like, yeah. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. Um, so, again. So they start to kind of 
Go ahead. Well, just, you know, the first thing he asks when they get there, and what's her name? I didn't write down her name. Uh, Betul or... Betul, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she arrives. She's like, everything's set up. You know, I've the, the blueprints are out and ready for you guys to be working on. And he's like, okay. He's like, um, and the first thing he asks is what Kiraz wants to drink. Mm-hmm. So, again, like, I know it's something little, but... But she wants lemonade. Yeah, and she wants lemonade. <laughs> but just the fact that he, you know what I mean? Like, he uh, he wanted, he was, like, thinking about her. Like, what do you want to right. drink? Like, and then, you know, she says lemonade. And he's like, okay, can you, can you go get her a lemonade? Right. So, just another little inkling of, you know, there's a little more t- than meets the eye to this supposed, you know, dislike Sirkon has. Um, right. So... Um, and then Kiraz, of course, you know, Sarkon's like, let's sit down and get started. And she's like, don't you have horses? Because, you know, bull lot. <laughs> right. And he's like, I do. And she's like, can we go see them? And he's like, well, I'm very busy right now. And I love it because she's like, you're boring. That's <laughs> so funny. Oh, I my gosh. That. And, and uh, she runs off. She's like, don't you want your toy? Don't tire yourself yet. Like, um, mm-hmm. so – um, then Serkan is asking Edda, like, are you okay? Because she kind of sighs as Kiraz walks away. She's like, well, coming here didn't really do me that well, but I see you're still a workaholic. And then I love it because right. he's like, well, you canceled your pool day to come here. So that means you're just as much of a workaholic as me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, they're coming from Italy to see my presentation. I was supposed to show them the hotel's landscape. But he's like, well, you're because of me, you're disgraced, like mm-hmm. because of all the changes he's made. And she's like, well, let's focus on the solution rather than the problem, as you always say. I'll draw them again. We'll compare with yours. And then we'll give the presentation accordingly. And he's like, wow, like, you've really grown and changed. I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing a real businesswoman in front of me. Yeah. And, of course, she appreciates the compliment, but she doesn't want to get into that. So she's like, okay, have your meeting. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> do your thing. And he's yeah. like, okay, I'll be right back. Um, so, um. Let's see. So we switch over, and this is when he is in his meeting, and he's speaking having, English, speaking lots of English, <laughs> and uh, Kiraz is a child, and she's bored. So uh-huh. what is she doing? She's climbing all over him. She's grabbing his papers. <laughs> she's like coloring she's, on it. She's like, "Pay attention to me." Uh-huh. Now right listen, now. <laughs> listen. I can't really blame Zarkon for. <laughs> the reaction that he does like right and he is working he's trying to work so it's understandable that he would get frustrated and that he is being distracted by this child right so and he tells her he's like what are you doing can't you see that i'm in a meeting but kiraz is not to be put off she is uh, she doesn't care. <laughs> so well, she starts <laughs> grabbing it, all of his stuff. <laughs> well, and I love it too because the way he's talking on the phone with that guy, she tells him, um, you're being sulky. Smile a bit or you're going to lose the job. <laughs> yeah. She- yeah. And and then she grabs a pillow and she throws it in his face. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, you think that's funny, huh? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then he's like, get out of here. Go look at the horses or something. Um so, so she, yeah. yeah, we switch over and she's um, she's doing a drawing and she mm-hmm. she starts to show it to him. And he's like, gosh, my concentration. He's like, that's when he tells her, you know, take it somewhere else. Like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she kind of runs off at that point. Um, and so she let's see. Um, my notes are yeah, like it's really all, all the bull lot 
all the Bolat House stuff right now. Because meanwhile, Edda is seeing this all happen. Right. And she is getting upset because that's after Melo, I think, had told her, mm-hmm. you know, leave them alone. See how they interact. See how he does with her. And Melo is just i'm sorry ada is just getting upset because she's like he's being such a jerk to her like he won't even pay attention to her he's telling her to get away yeah um i mean again in his defense he is working right and you know so it's like i she's coming at it just as a mom who wants to see a dad who is showing any kind of interest in his daughter Mm -hmm. however he doesn't have the vital information (laughs) that she is his daughter yet or that she's even Ed does. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and so, all he knows is that this little girl is asking him if he can make a flying house. Right. Which <laughs> and was funny. He's trying to have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause she's like, cause she's like, look at my drawing. It's a flying house. And he's like, but houses don't fly. And she's like, come on, grow up, use your imagination. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's well, like, she's like, if planes can fly, then houses can. <laughs> and he's like, okay, you're right. In like a hundred years, if the laws of architecture can change, you're right. There can be a flying house. And she's right. like, well done. Now, I didn't know if that was honestly supposed to just be some off the cuff random kid thing about flying houses because mm-hmm. I, I found like three different things. Um, one was a whole like art series, which I could totally see Aisha like planning a little Easter egg about that. It's um, it basically it was like a it's a French art series by an artist and the paintings are actually really cool. So um, if you just Google flying houses It'll okay. be, like, one of the first things that, like, pops up. Um, okay. There was also an anime series way back in the 80s called The Flying House. Um, oh, interesting. And then there were also these things called uh, fr- Futuro, like, Future Pods. Mm-hmm. And it was a round prefabricated house designed by a Finnish architect. Um and there were only – there were fewer than 100 of them built in the late 1960s, and the shape was reminiscent of a flying saucer, and the structure's airplane hatch entrance um, made the has made the houses sought after by um, collectors all over the place. So – Interesting. Yeah. Those are all things that pop up when you, like, search for that. So I – and I was like, well, I don't know if this was really just meant to be, like, a silly kid thing, and there's right. not more to it than that, or if it was, like, mm-hmm. a little Easter egg um, – about this art piece um right so because i could totally see that right that's like right up her alley so yes uh i just wanted to throw that out there but yeah so it is frustration while i understand it again she's only seeing it from a from like the pilot's perspective like you said so she's not seeing she's not considering all these things and because she's not perfect like Mm -hmm. i get it again doesn't make it necessarily right that these are the standards that she's necessarily setting out for him but it does make it understandable Mm -hmm. Um, exactly so yeah so she's like frustrated um yeah and well because she so he's we we do a little time jump again and he's on the phone and kiraz is all excited because she drew him a picture and she show uh so Ada's like uh, she she runs to show Ada first, mm-hmm. and then um, she's like, "Oh, Serkan Bolat treated me so well." Uh-huh. See, she. <laughs> I just so love cute. her. And Ada's like, "I saw that you're the world's sweetest human. Do you know that? <laughs> like, oh my poor sweet baby angel, I love you so much." And Kiraz is like, oh, look at my beautiful drawing. It's a pretty house. It flies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Edda compliments her. So Serkan is on the phone and Kiraz jumps and runs over and holds it up to him. And she's like, I drew this for you. 
Well, he grabs it, folds it up, doesn't even look at it, and right, stuffs it in his pocket. Which, okay, that's going to make a comeback, right? It's He's going to find of that course. in a pocket later when he's, like, doing laundry or getting – like, something's going to happen and he, it's going to – Yes. Maybe it's gonna during pop an up. angsty moment. Yes. Next episode, it's going to make a comeback, right? He'll find it on a desk right? where he left it uh-huh. and then he's going to open it and it'll have a moment of him staring at the picture. Yes. <laughs> I want it so badly because I'm like, okay, he folded that up and put it in his pocket. It's going to make a comeback. like. And don't you think – so we didn't really get a clear view of the picture. Mm-mm. I think we're going to see Eda, Serkan, and Kiraz in that picture me too, with the flying me too. house. Me too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think too because, again, we're convinced her heart already knows. Like, yeah. so she, she clearly loves him. She clearly, yeah. n- not necessarily in a paternal way, but right. she adores him. She likes yes. him. She wants to be around him. Right. She feels, like you said, there's these little invisible handcuffs because mm-hmm. she keeps putting herself in his path. She wants to spend time with him. Um, yep. You know, and he's a grown adult. He could very easily nix that. And he doesn't mm-hmm. either, even in his, quote, frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so, yeah, so he puts it away. Of course, that sours Edda's mood because she's like, yeah. once again, like, he's disregarding her. But again, she's only right. got that pilot's perspective. I love that you right. said that. That was – that's a really good – anyways. Of course, Serkan's like, what happened? You're in a mood. And she's like, no, I'm just angry with myself and my own stupidity. It has nothing to do with you. Um, yeah. And then uh, Kiraz kind of walks up and is like, I'm hungry. And she's like, okay, you're hungry. Um, all right, we'll deal with that. But then her phone rings. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, crap, it's Italy. Serkan, I really need to take this. Now, mm-hmm. here's what's funny to me. So Kiraz could be all over him during his phone call. But she needs total privacy. <laughs> but she needs total privacy. <laughs> That's a really good point. So I was like, see, she's not infallible. Like, you know, she's human. Like, clearly yeah. she can't even see for herself. Like, this isn't her being a bad mom because she mm-hmm. needs five minutes to do her work, you know. Right. Um, so anyways, but it works out because, <laughs> you know, she's like, Serkan, please, just five minutes, will you take her for a walk or something so I can deal with this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay, let's go. I love it because he – okay, this is a big thing because every time he just offers her his finger to hold, uh-huh. like just a tiny little piece of him, yep. the smallest piece of him. Uh-huh. But in the fragment for next week – they're walking hand in hand, fully Aww, hand in hand in one of the good. fragments. So I was like, yes, this is definitely something. Although I think it's adorable that she just wraps her little hand around yes, his finger too, though. Pinky. So he's like, hold my finger. Come. Do you want to walk for a bit? There's turtles in the back. Right. And um, we did get a little quick over to Kerem and Burak. Um, yeah. They're kind of just having some bro talk where it's just further confirmed that, you know, Burak, Burak. has yeah. a little crush on Edda, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um. So then Kiraz and Sarah Connor are at that table on the little dock. Yes. Um, and <laughs> it's so cute. I just – the whole thing about this that I love is mm-hmm. that she already is making him do whatever she wants. Yes. And he's doing <laughs> it. Like just like with Edda. I mean, hello. With Antalya, come on. Like he's like, no, you can't come. And she's like, well, I don't want to come. And he's like, good, because I said you can't come. And then she just gives those little doe eyes to him. Uh-huh. And then they're both hiking to Apollo's temple. Like, yeah, yeah. Come on. And, and that's and exactly. He's, he's like, you know, a lot of huffing and puffing and uh-huh. kind of the typical all bark, no bite. Uh huh. With with the Yildiz women, especially, yep. and it's yep. like only with them because. Mm-hmm. Kiraz is like, the table's too high. (laughs) And he's like, well, you're just too small. So she tells him, 
lift me up. Like, make, make it higher. Help me. And he just kind of looks at her. And she's like, come on. I can't reach. Lift me up. So he gets up, uh-huh. puts another little pillow underneath uh-huh. her so that she can sit a little higher. And then as he starts to walk away, she's like, I'm too far away from the table now. <laughs> so he, like, pushes her in. And then I love it because as he's walking back, she's like, well, now that chair is too far away. Can you fix it? Uh-huh. And at first he's it's like – taken out. It's not pushed in. And at first he's kind of annoyed, but then he's like, wait a minute. You're very correct about that. Good job. <laughs> like, again, another little clue that he's just not seeing. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really cute. And he's like, what do you want to eat? So she hands him the menu. And she's like, well, I can't read or write. Can you read the menu for me? And he's like, you don't know what you want to eat? You, you want me to read it all? And she's like, yeah, read it. And I'll let you know what I decide. And we get this whole montage of him reading yes. the menu covered. He's like, kofte? And she's like, no. And he's like, spaghetti? No. And he lists several more Every things. Every single item he reads to her, she says no to. <laughs> so he gets through the whole menu. And then finally, she says, okay, I decided what I want. <laughs> and he's, and like, he's like, finally. Okay, what do you want? And then, of course, she says, kofte. <laughs> and he's like, the Wait, what? He like, his brain fries. He's like, that's the first thing I read. You made me read this whole thing. And you're picking the very first thing. And oh my gosh, it's just funny. Because then of course, Edda shows up right then. And she's like, I got worried. Where were you guys? Because we do get a little once over from her where she's like, where that he probably just left her somewhere. Let me go find (laughs) Let me go find them. Uh, And so she's like, what are you doing? Are you okay, Kiraz? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine, mom. Like things are good. And Serkan's like, this little girl may be the world's most stubborn human being clearly she has spent a lot of time with you uh-huh. and she's like didn't you have a meeting he's like yeah i postponed it and she's like you uh-huh. postponed your work for kiraz and he's like no i was hungry like but come on sure, Sarkon, get, a lot. get real sarcom we know you better yeah so then he's like well let me know what you want to eat we're gonna eat and she's like can you tell me what's on the menu and he's like uh-uh <laughs> no no i just spent half an hour reading this to her just for her to decide, so just pick something. And I love she's it. She's like, like, okay, don't get mad. <laughs> I'll take Kofte. And he's, and like, he's like, you too? <laughs> she's like, what? What could be better than Kofte? And it's a total mother-daughter moment because that's that's basically what Kiraz had said. Absolutely. And so he goes to order and he's like, Safi. And it is like, Safi's not here. You need to talk to Betul. And then, of course, again, Kiraz, who can't stay still for more than a few seconds, is like, when are we going back home? <laughs> they haven't even eaten yet. And she's like, we have a little more work to do, babe, but we'll go back home soon, okay? We'll, fi- we'll yeah. eat. We'll finish the work. And Serkan's like, well, I'll take you. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, in your two-seater car, Serkan? And then, and then the look that both of the, they're both just staring at him. Uh-huh. This killed me because he's like, because I'll take care of Kiraz it. I'll figure is just it out. Staring at him, like, what are you gonna do about it? And then Ada's staring at him. Oh, in your two seater vehicle, Serkan. And, and he's like, Stop it, both of you! Don't look at me like that. And he's like, Don't laugh! Don't you do it? And Ada's <laughs> like, Okay, to mom. So it's really, it's really, really funny. Yeah. The next day. Okay. All right. We're back. (laughs) What only felt like a few seconds to you was an entire day for us. An entire day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It just wasn't working out. It. Schedules. It was not. Like, usually... For the most part, you know, we have our set recording. Like, we just kind of say, okay, we're going to record on Mondays, and then we kind of work around our schedules 
that day accordingly. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. earlier, sometimes it's later. Um, but yeah, like everything just stacked against us yesterday. You had your Gosh. meeting, <laughs> your morning I had two meeting. Meetings. You yeah. had a morning meeting, and then as soon as that was done, she texts me and she's like, "Okay, well, let's go." But I have now we have to be back at one o'clock, so we had right. like a- we had like an hour and a half to get started. And we're like, okay, we'll just do the first part, and then we'll do the second part after your second meeting. And then your second meeting started. Lasted two and a half hours. And then I was on Zoom from (laughs) nine a.m. to what was it? Three thirty, three forty-five. Yeah, it was almost three forty-five because you texted me at like three thirty yesterday and said you were finally done. Yeah, and I was like, okay, half hours. Yeah, so I was like, okay, let's finish it. Bless you. Let's finish it. And then I don't think I said this on the recording yesterday, but Jack was at the vet all day because he needed some dental work done. So then they called me literally like two seconds after I sent you, you sent me the Zoom for us to start recording again. And then I was like, of course, they couldn't have called me during the whole two and a half hours your meeting was happening for me to come get him. They called me right now and... I was like, oh, normally, you know, they don't close till five. So they'll just tell me like, hey, he's good to go. Come pick him up anytime, you know, by five. But this time. But this time they were like, can you please be here at 4.15, which was like barely half an hour from when we were going to start recording. And then I, I, yeah, it just, I was like, oh my gosh. And then you had to leave at like five o'clock for, you guys already had plans. So I was like, okay, I guess we're just just finishing in the morning. Although but, we were, we and say we were discussing possibly switching from Mondays to Tuesdays from now on as much as we yes. can because of the subtitles. Um, yeah, because honestly, so last night I like sped through and rewatched a few of the key scenes that we're going to cover today mm-hmm. with the good, really, really good subs from our sub angel, angel <laughs> and. Um, Man, what a difference. Even some of the other little stuff, mm-hmm. like the fact that, well, I, I guess we can get into it um, as as we go, but there were certain things that I saw and noticed and I was like, holy crap, it's just totally different context. It gives you context. I, I Well, yeah, just like my whole fire fire station versus a city thing. Like, yes. That what Miriam was laughing. She was like, "That is so far off. Like I'm dying because." And I don't. It's I mean, crazy. honestly, why would I think I I don't live there? So why would I think? Oh, I wonder. I know Atesh means fire. I just I know that. Right, but you're so, not going to know the name of every Turkish city. No. So of course I wasn't like, oh, I wonder if he's referring to the city. Like it right. just. And because that particular set of subs also said house after that, a right. firehouse in the United States. Is a fire station. Like, yes. Yeah, it's an <laughs> so, actual thing. So my yeah. co- my immediate connection is like, oh, he must be doing like a job for the like fire, a fire department. Station. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I guess we did talk about this yesterday. Um, when Erdem is watching John and Kiraz, and then Safi comes in, and John and Kiraz are just chatting, and they're they're uh, laying on her bed and and just like having fun and mm-hmm. he's like she she says like oh i don't like you know i don't like that nanny i don't like that caretaker erdem <laughs> he's obsessed with my hair and john says you know oh it's because he's bald he's just jealous of you so she grabs her she grabs a beanie to protect her little hair uh-huh. and um 
And then John actually reaches over and grabs her hair, and he's like, your hair is beautiful, though. And then she says, oh, is it? Well, then I have a gift for you. And oh. that is the whole, she gives him a lock of her hair. Because that's why John wanted a box, because Kiraz gave him a lock of her hair. <laughs> so that wasn't just like a one-off in the scene later. No. We actually like saw that happen saw and just didn't realize it. of her being like, oh, you think my hair is beautiful? Okay, then I have a gift for you. I was like, wow. Okay. (laughs) I know. We missed so much. So, yeah. So, you guys, um, obviously not this week because we already promised you, basically, we're going to have to speed through the episode this week as in like two days from now. Well, tomorrow and then record Thursday. Um, But I think from here on out, we're probably going to shoot for Tuesdays just so that we have the opportunity to watch with those lovely subs that he worked so hard on for us. Like seriously. And I hate not being able to record without at least watching the pivotal scenes um, from those episodes. So, yeah. Uh, So Senchal Kapama, if you could get on uploading your subtitles earlier, like you did last season, we would very much appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) Not that they're listening to us, but it never hurts. Just throw that out there. Yeah. So anyhow, so we left off um, with Sarah Khan basically telling the girls, don't look at me like that when they point out that he only has a two-seater car and he's like, I'll take you back. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll pick up from so there. So we, we switch over to the car and this is a clearly a different car than the one that they that he drove <laughs> Um And Edda is just kind of laughing. She's she's smiling. She's got this smirk on her face, and mm-hmm. Serkan's like, "Don't laugh." Uh huh. <laughs> and Kiraz is so happy with herself. She's like, "I'm so glad I chose this car for us to come back in. It's so beautiful." <laughs> so Serkan not only got a different car to drive them back when he could, he has drivers. He like he, he sends drivers for. He sent a driver for Edda last episode. So. He easily could have ordered a car for them. Easily could have ordered a car for them, for all three of them to be driven back in. That has plenty of room. We've seen those vans and those SUVs. But he wanted to drive them back. He didn't just choose a car to his best liking. He he clearly let Kiraz choose. Like, these are all things that I think are important that we need to look into. These are things that not even Edda's realizing. Mm-hmm. But these are the things that Kiraz is noticing. And these are the the, te- the types of telltale signs that Serkan has always showed. He's oh, absolutely. He's always been the type who speaks one thing with his face and his mouth, but his actions speak totally different and really show his true heart. Yes. Okay. For example, this dude, like, makes – he meets Edda – in the situation that he meets her where she handcuffs him and keys his car. Right. Doesn't, doesn't turn her in, but is like, hey, you're going to be my f- fake fiance because I have something I need to accomplish. Right. Hey, doesn't like, quote, doesn't like her. But the second he realizes she's claustrophobic, what does he tell Engen? Knock the wall down in my office. Yep. Like, 
And, I mean, he doesn't even know her. He's still very irritated at her because of the handcuff, because they're actually handcuffed together. Yeah. But does he force her into an elevator? No. He walks up 15 flights of stairs. Yep. And at the end of that day, after she's been such a pain in his side, does he press charges or tell her never to speak to him again? No. No, he sends her a first aid kit in because, her purse. Yeah, because the handcuffs, like, roughed up their wrists, and it's not even his fault. That was her own doing. It was her own exactly. fault that her wrist was messed up because she handcuffed herself to him. Exactly. But he clearly saw that his wrist was like sore. So he sent uh-huh. stuff for her too. Um, yeah. So this is all – this is – it's the same idea being applied here. Like it's the exact same idea. Um, yeah. And so I personally am loving – I'm loving seeing it because, mm-hmm. again – as we said in our Woodsir Bolot Ever episodes, this is the one true Sercon that we know and yes. actually fell in love with. Yes. Not the body snatched version no. of the 30s. So Exactly. Anyhow. Um yeah, I just feel like I can't express that enough. So mm. <laughs> So anyway, sorry, keep going. She's so glad she chose this car. Yeah, so um it is just kind of <laughs> laughing. Yeah. at them and then she realizes oh I, we ha- I have an opportunity here Sarkhan mm-hmm. is Mr. Hypochondriac and my daughter won't get won't get her shot like she's oh freaked out about her vaccination so she's like Sarkhan why don't you tell Kiraz why she should get her vaccination tell her why this is a great thing and he starts going off about viruses and how they stick the oh virus in your body it's okay but <laughs> The even funnier part, because when Kiraz first says, I'd rather run away from home and live on berries than get a shot. Right. And Sarah, and that's when Ed is like, Sarah Khan, maybe you want to help here? Uh-huh. And he's like, me? She's like, yes, you're the hypochondriac. And he's like, okay, sure. Now now look, Kiraz, there's nothing as childish as being scared of a vaccine. <laughs> like, like, of course, this is what he said. He's like. The needle will just go in and out in a matter of two seconds. It'll leave the virus and that's it. And then she's like, what's a virus? <laughs> it's a sickness. When you get vaccinated, they put the sickness in your body. And he's like about to explain how the immune system works. But she just starts screaming. And who can blame her? If you're already afraid of a shot yeah. as a kid and then you're being told a scary virus is very disease is going to be is actually being injected into you because i'm sure everybody knows this but vaccines basically are just a weakened version of the virus that you're trying to fight so that your immune system attacks it but it's weakened so that it can't actually get you sick (laughs) so Kristen, like (laughs) well just hey you never know you never know someone might just be like oh it's a shot of medicine you just don't know so Here's vaccine lessons with Kristen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you can't assume everybody anyway. knows what you do. <laughs> like, but do we actually need to explain this? <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, she screams because she's a child and that sounds terrifying. And Sarkon's like, why would she scream? <laughs> <laughs> because oh he doesn't know anything about children and talks to them oh, like they're adults. <laughs> Which is also very Sercon as he explained architecture to a newborn child. Exactly. <laughs> many exactly. moons ago. 
Oh my gosh. So that's that's kind of that. He he tried to help, but his help is no actual help. Yeah, it does like just forget it. Well, I love it because did you catch his comment? He's like, and he said, um, "What's that saying? It's correct." The best kid is your best friend's kid. And I was like, yes. oh, my gosh, if I can't relate to a statement more. <laughs> oh, I always tell people, like, I love my nieces and nephews. I love my friend's kids because you can have so much fun with them. But then you get to give them back. Like, mom and dad have to put them to bed. Mom and dad have to deal with the diapers and, like, all that crazy stuff. So I just – I laughed when he's like, what's that saying? It's true. Although it doesn't really help his case, obviously, with what Ed is – trying to uh right. determine but exactly so we do get kira's vaccinated finally melo and burak come in and they have a they have funny little costumes and mm-hmm. it ends up not being a big deal as she's getting her vaccine we have an interesting scene with aidan and serkan where aidan has an inkling of course that this little girl probably is his mm-hmm. so she's kind of asking him hey Aren't children wonderful? They give life a purpose. Um, And he's kind of like, I already have a purpose. She's like, what's your purpose? He says, work. And of course, she rolls her eyes like all the rest of us. Oh, my gosh. But so she's kind of also trying to introduce this idea and be Mm -hmm. like, hey, don't you think children are great? And wouldn't you love to have your own kid? Mm -hmm. But ever ever stubborn Serkan is not having any of it. No. So then after like after the whole vaccine uh, fiasco, not fiasco scenario, I should say it wasn't a fiasco because she did get her vaccine. But um, John and Ingen and Pearl show up and basically he's like, I just thought we could all go to Denise's dinner together. Mm-hmm. Um, Erdem here will babysit because, of course, Ingen's further plan is – for Erdem to be able to get something of Kiraz's, right? You know, so they can do their test. So, um, that's kind of agreed upon. They all they head out, but Barak and Edda are left behind. He lets her know, "Hey, I'm I'm not gonna come to the dinner tonight. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to mess up. Um, and you know, because I'm still supposed to be carrying on this charade of marriage and all that with Melo. Right. I don't really want to. I don't want to trip up. Um, right. so I think it'd just we be also better. find out. Sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, we also find out that Denise is his cousin. Yeah. Well, okay. So I heard her. enough. I heard her say something either in episode 40 or 41. She makes like an offhanded comment about like her useless cousin. Mm-hmm. But I thought she was talking about Karem at first. Um, so I, I knew she was related to like someone. Right. But I just – I didn't think hard enough about it like – Oh, well, I, w- I wonder if it's someone we've actually met or if she's just talking about a random employee there. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I didn't feel like they made it very clear until this episode mm-hmm. because she makes a comment about him as her cousin and he makes a comment about her as his cousin. You're right. Oh, yeah, she does because so, she's like basically like he, he, he actually does all the hard work of like running everything and she basically gets to be the face of the hotel. Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. And, yeah. and I guess gives us a little more context on them and their their relationship. Yeah. Um, so Burak, of course, he's he's just – his biggest concern is Edda and Kiraz. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so he lets her know, like, hey, I know this is all, like, really stressful. 
and crazy. And maybe if you just need to get away, like I do have a small house, like it's out somewhere outside the city. I don't know if he really specifies exactly where it is, but um, he does, but I don't, I didn't write down the name. So, you know, basically tells her like, you and Kiraz could come stay with me for a little bit just until things like die down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she thanks him and she's like, that's very sweet, you know, but I've got th- other things that are keeping me here besides just, you know, I can't just run away from Sercon. Like I have this work to finish. Right. All the stuff, but I appreciate it. Um, and it's kind of just left hanging like that. When she mm-hmm. later tells like Melo and Ifair about it, of course, freaking Ifair is like all about it because she wants them to be a family so badly. And I love, absolutely love that Edda's like, are, you know, Barack is, even Barack himself is clear on this that I don't feel that way about him. Yep. So like, I need you to understand that too. Like, basically yep. stop pushing this agenda. That's not happening. I um, loved that. That she was just super clear, just like Sarkhan has been very clear about Denise mm-hmm. and keeping people with him and not letting her get any ideas. Yes. I love that. So, again, it's kind of left hanging there. Um, and, um, yeah. So then it's basically time – people start filtering into this dinner. Um it's a Sarkon Bolat party. Uh, it's a Sarkon Bolat party. Listen, Denny. So a few of them arrive, not everybody, but a good amount of them arrive. And then these waiters walk in with, and what's really funny is these are not even Sarkon masks. These are the face. I, I knew exactly what this picture was from, which I know is probably not something I should brag about. But um, I was like, um, that's from his Sheref Messelesi days, like that. These are Karem masks. Oh, These aren't even Sercon masks. Uh, or they're Yeet masks more specifically. But I just cracked up because they that particular face shot with the holes in it over the – they're so creepy. They they're look really creepy. so creepy. <laughs> I cannot blame Edda for passing out from fright because <laughs> she walks in as her, her and Sercon finally are arriving. He arrives just before she does. She walks in. They all turn around and she passes out. <laughs> yeah, and, and sorry, sleeping sleeping disorder or not, I feel like that would have that could have happened to anyone. Seriously. Um, so quickly, Idon calls Safi and basically sends him to go where Erdem is with the kids on the same right. mission. And so we do get those antics later on. Um Karem and Pina kind of have a little bit of a flirt session. As they arrive yeah. to the dinner, it's cute. Um, and then this is where this is where I took the most issue with the editing this episode because it it this is where it felt the most choppy to me and just like blunt transitions to other scenes. Like, well, let's be honest, it's because we just wanted the bottle scene, okay? Well, we did, but even I feel I mean, don't get me wrong, that bottle scene still nothing's going to take away from that for me. But for how, like, big of a scene that was, I just feel like that needed to just play out, like, in one scene, you know, rather yeah, than switching from, like, didn't. this mode to, yeah. So Because well, they find it and then it cuts and to, and mm-hmm. then they uh, pull, the they pull it out, out and they're like, and oh, it, we're going to read it. And then it cuts again. Yeah. So it was like, come on. <laughs> uh-huh. So this is where we kind of touched on already like basically this is Safi and Erdem doing getting all their DNA yeah. antics out of the way just being really silly and um yeah. eventually they get a hold of this toothbrush and agree like well we've we're on the same mission so you know yeah. we'll get this yeah. done so 
Edda faints at the masks you kind of already brought up. I wrote in parentheses, duh, they're creepy. Um, and I've totally missed her sleepy smiles because, you know, when she first wakes up and she's not fully all there and she's all smiley at Sarah Khan, I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. Um, I've missed that. And it's funny because she's like, what in the world happened? Like, I saw you everywhere. And he's like, yeah. we call that love, Edda. And she's like. <laughs> No, Zergon, like, like, no, it was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I literally, like, saw you everywhere. Yeah, it was a nightmare. And she's like, you were just all over the place. And he's like, I have such an effect on people. Oh, <laughs> <Just brother>. like- <laughs> well, and then we find out that um, she hasn't passed out since they <gasps> yeah. have separated. Yep. So, because she's like, well, actually, no. This only happens because he's like, I see you're still fainting. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, it only happens with you. So I guess we can conclude that you stress me out a lot. (laughs) And he still tries to even twist that about making it about love and stuff, which I mean, I kind of am with him on this. But um, yeah, I do like that nobody, it just is further proof that neither one of them can really get to the other the way they the way each other can like even right. you know like even with pearl pointing that out back in the beginning when she's like listen nobody can piss simultaneously piss him off and bring him peace the way you can uh um, right and the same is clearly true for edda so mm-hmm. so they decide to head over to the dinner and they spot a bottle in the water <sighs> So we know, obviously, their history with tossing a bottle into the ocean. So they're kind of like, okay, this is interesting. Should we check to see if it's ours? And they grab it and they realize it's not theirs. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, Serkan who ends up actually reading it. Because Eda opens it up. She sees that it's from somebody named Sanem to the person that she loves. And we all collectively lost our dang minds the second she said that. (laughs) gosh and so sarah khan decides to read it yes do you have it i do i love it so much so he says okay i've been apart from you for a long time no matter how much i tried i neither could forget nor let it go how can someone erase a love that penetrated their every cell years have taught me this love is not what it is love is not what it what it's like in the fairy tales Love gives pain, love hurts, love maddens, but it comes back to you. You return again, you try again, you wait again. It's not a fairy tale, but love is a hope. Please don't give up your hope of me. If it's a mistake, let's do it together. If we're going to burn, let's burn together. Don't let go of me, please. Come back to me. Be with me. Sun M. <sighs> okay so we we know uh-huh. this podcast's history with eric and uh-huh don't you love that like couldn't you just hear sanem's voice like that was so clearly sanem's voice as in like writing a hundred like it, oh my gosh seriously when i mean i was i'll I'm going to play – I'll play it for you guys at the very, very end after we do the closing credits if you want to hear my live freak out when I watched it. um, When I watched the episode live, I'll play it at the end if you want to listen to it. Um, But I was just freaking out the second I heard the name Sanem, of course. And obviously live, I didn't fully hear 
I heard what he was what was being read, but I didn't catch all of it. I just caught words here and there, obviously. Right. Um, but then actually seeing the very carefully chosen words mm-hmm. <laughs> that were put on this piece of paper, I it's weird too because I was thinking like, okay, obviously we all wanted to know what those said back two years ago when the episode aired back in May of 2019. But the fact I almost I don't love the reason we didn't get to hear them. Obviously, we it's very clear we wish Aisha could have finished the show um, mm-hmm. and ended EK. But since that's not what happened, getting it this way where it is tying her two stories together in the same universe and mm-hmm. so applicable to both of their situations. Yep. And their sto- but their stories and journeys are nothing alike. You know what right. I mean? Like Sanem and John's journey was entirely different from Ida and Serkan's. Totally. Yet these words are so powerful for both of them because when you think about what the situation was in the 40s of EK mm-hmm. when she was writing these words – and Hannah pointed out, um, she was like, Kristen, oh my gosh, like the fact that she was dropping them into the ocean, like there had to have been this far away hope in her mind that somehow they would reach him into the void because where was John? On a boat, like right. God knows where, you know? Right. So just the idea that this could, fate could bring this to him. And then obviously it didn't. Um, you know, their, fate had a different plan for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but to... Then to know that Serkan and Edda are reading these words when it's very, very applicable to their situation, but in the back of our minds, knowing that Sanem and John are living their happily, like this isn't their situation anymore. They got past this part. They're living their happily ever after. And then, of course, got to tie in the Greek mythology because Sanem in EK, for those of you who watched, was most synonymous with Artemis. That's who she told Mm -hmm. the story about. When she would tell John stories of the stars, like in episode 10. Um, And obviously we know Serkan is Apollo. Well, in Greek mythology, they're twins. So I love the idea because at the end when Serkan says, um, after he reads the letter and there's there's a pretty dramatic, you know, there's a pretty dramatic pause. um, Right. You know, where where he, um, they're just kind of letting those words sink in. And he... um, he says, uh, I wish I were a talented writer like Sanem. Maybe I maybe I could have written you these words. I wish I could have mm-hmm. said these words to you. I think it's fate that we found it. Mm-hmm. It's I love that the idea of Sarah Khan couldn't find those proper words, which, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, the way he is, his actions and his words often don't match. Right. Because he can't articulate exactly <laughs> um, what he's feeling all the time. So that not only just matched up with him, but I love the idea of like his his other half, so to speak, was able right. to speak the words for him. Like And has the the strengths that he has that are weaknesses. Like yes. they, and and if you think about him and Sanem as characters, mm-hmm. they very much are polar opposites in that way. Yeah. Where they each have their way of you know, expressing themselves and their love language, so to speak, that's completely different from the other. Sanem was an adventurer. She mm-hmm. wanted to travel. She wanted to go she wanted to go to the Galapagos. And Serkan was very he's Mr. Work, you know. Mm-hmm. He's entrenched in finding his purpose in the the um not legend, um mm-hmm. 
the legacy that he leaves upon this earth. Right. Because that's his way of being able to be immortal is exactly his name being left behind in the form of these buildings that will likely be up for hundreds and hundreds of years. Exactly. So just that they complement each other in that way mm-hmm. as far as the types of characters that they are, I I just love. I know. Like, oh, man. Like, oh, I feel – I know we're broken records about this. I just – I just don't understand how anyone can't just love the way she tells a story. Like – and, you know, preferences and all that. I know. Blah, blah, blah. But I, the level of respect I just have for how much care and detail she puts in – like, this is not stuff that everybody's going to catch, especially if – especially if uh, Sen Kapama is – somebody's first experience with Aisha's writing and they haven't watched mm-hmm. EK. Although I did appreciate – I had a few people either tag or message us who were like, I think I want to watch EK because, like, the words on that letter, like, really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched EK. Like, Central Copham is my first DZ or my first experience with something Aisha's written. So I love that even just that small little thing of those yeah. words from a character that a, a lot of people haven't actually met, right. st- it still reached them. And that says a lot about her writing and storytelling, too, because mm-hmm. this scene clearly had the same impact whether you've seen her other show or not. Like, right. Which also says to me, too, it, it didn't make the whole episode all about EK. It didn't make the whole episode all not about John all. and Son M. It, you know, that letter could have been signed from anybody. It could have just been signed from a random person. But those right. words still could permeated their yes. situation. Yeah. Um, and so – yeah, I just love that it was just enough that it just made our EK loving hearts so happy and full that we finally yeah. got the answer to that question we've all had. Yeah. Um, but it was very much words that Edser needed. It wasn't just something out of right field where you're like, oh, this just got put in here to answer our question, but it has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. Right. Like, it just right. all melded together so well. So, oh my gosh, yeah, I just... I mean, now that it's been almost a week, you know, I'm, you know, we're not screaming and shrieking, but like, even you texted me when you were watching the episode, like, oh my gosh, like, it just, I know I was bummed because I totally got spoiled because I wasn't able to watch the episode. Mm -hmm. And then I went on Twitter for one second and all I see is Sanem and I was like, dang it. (laughs) I was like, I was so bummed because obviously the impact would have been much bigger right if i didn't already know it was coming in the episode but i right. was like what am i thinking hopping on twitter on the air date on when- on a wednesday <laughs> and i'm yeah i mean i'm i'm proud that i predicted when we would get the bottle <laughs> yeah no yeah you absolutely did i i think because we've wanted it for so long i yeah. went into the episode like okay i'm not i'm not assuming that it's going to happen this week. I mean, it seemed obvious since they were by the water and all that stuff, but they were also by right. the water in Antalya. They were also yeah. like, so I was like, they've been I, by the water since 40. <laughs> yes. So, like, I'm like, I am not holding out hope for this to happen until like right. the end of the series. Uh, so I still was, when she actually was like, is that a bottle floating? I was like, mm-hmm. I lost my dang mind because I was like, it's finally here. Um, so, anyhow, um, yeah. So I think. I think that about sums up the beauty of <laughs> what that yeah. scene held. 
Um, so, you know, but there's actually more to it because after Sercon says, you know, it must have been fate that we found this. Mm-hmm. Um, Edda says to him, do you believe in fate? And he's like, well, you do. Mm-hmm. So she says, okay. And I like that even in between, there's a lot of silence before she asks the next thing. So it's like, clearly she's thinking about her words. This isn't like a, um, this isn't an impulsive moment or mm-hmm. statement or question. Because she says, okay, I want to ask you something. And he says, ask. She says, let's say we do decide to get back together. We decided to continue and nurture this love. Let's say we decided to be with one another. And then I want to have a child, for example. What would you do? And he says, Edda, we're enough for each other. There's no need for a child. We don't need that. And of course, she's very crestfallen at this answer mm-hmm. um, and says, well, it was a ridiculous question. Anyways, forget about it. As I said, everything between us is over. Let's not make the others wait because <laughs> while this is all happening, chaos is happening at the party table. Right. And it's even revealed because they, they're they within eyesight of um, yeah. the party. And so at this point, like, I don't – it's kind of been explained to Denise that Sarah and Ed to have a past – Mm-hmm. all this stuff um so they're about to head to the party um and but when they kind of show up things are kind of already awry right this is when like a few like a lot of people yeah, just start to disperse from the table and yeah just start leaving <laughs> yeah because okay. they're yeah. all so jacked up <laughs> so they don't even end up sitting down with everybody they mm-hmm. end up leaving and Sarah offers to take her home she says she'll be fine and then she actually um, she apologizes, tells, doesn't she? She does. She says, Sarkhan, I also made my own mistakes, and I'm sorry. Uh, she's like, let's go. Let's not make them wait. And he mm-hmm. is kind – you can tell he's not happy with how this whole interaction has gone mm-hmm. with, with the letter and her question to him. I, I think that he's got an inkling that this situation and this conversation could have gone better and yeah. that he's either missing something or he did something wrong and you know he he's a smart guy and right. this reaction from her for her to say that it was a ridiculous question then for her to apologize you know that the wheels are turning in yeah. his head yep so um that happens she leaves and then the the drunk all that's left is like drunk ifair idon melo and denise they're bickering and saying they hate yeah. each other it, i do love the <laughs> That at one point, Denise is like, um, I miss my ex. And they're like, which one? Like, she's like, I miss my ex-husband. And like, and she's so, like, I don't know any of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so anyways, um, that finally kind of comes to an end. And then we, we – s- the next morning. We – you're right. It's the next morning now. Um, is this when Kiraz is hiding? Yes. I love that. Okay. Um, do you have that? I do. My, my screenshots are all out of order, so. Oh, okay. I, uh, when I slid to the next screen, this was definitely not mm. it. <laughs> okay. Well, he's on the – Sarkhan is on the phone outside, and we see Kiraz run up, and she hides behind a chair, hmm. and Sarkhan clearly sees her. So after he gets off the phone, he walks over, and he calls her, and I – 
I know this is such a small detail, mm-hmm. but as a teacher, the fact that he gets down to her level, I'm every like every time he this does that, I think of you. Clearly, <laughs> th- like not just if he were really truly that bad with children or hated children, mm-hmm. he wouldn't inherently know to crouch down and get to her level. Uh huh. So I just just a little detail that I loved, but it's important, and I I don't think it's. I don't think it's a coincidental thing. Like, no, it, there's a reason it's written that way. And there's yeah. a reason that's what it, we're seeing on screen. Because again, mm-hmm. it's all these little things where it's like his actions are right. speaking very differently than yeah. the words he's able to actually put out there. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm still not convinced after, uh, again, I could, like I said, I could be wrong. I was clearly very wrong about the adoption theory, but I, oh, I still wonder if there was something that happened. At some point after he got the all clear that – I mean, I know when – right before he got the all clear, he was like, you better not be pregnant. So obviously the idea was already there for him. But right. I, I mean, again, I could see that when he thinks he could still be sick and dying because they hadn't gotten the all clear yet. You know, and he always talks about he has to go get checkups. He has to go back for rechecks. So clearly he's had a lot of those. And right. I wonder if at some point after the, quote, honeymoon stage that Edda mentioned, like things were great for a while – and then mm-hmm. they weren't. I almost wonder if during one of those follow-ups that seemed – that happened maybe right before the honeymoon stage ended, if he was told, like, he couldn't have kids, like, or that having children would be unlikely after all this treatment and blah, blah, blah. And then that, like, further cemented already his fear and, uh, you know, wanting to tread lightly about whether or not she's pregnant. And then, right. again, though – making it his choice by being like, well, I don't want them and I'm just going to stand, you know, firm in that. Because again, after the whole interaction with the bottle scene, when he's not mean about it, he's just like, no. but aren't we enough for each other? Like, right. so I took that as like, maybe he wants to make sure that she, that he is enough for her. Like, mm-hmm. because he can't, because he thinks that he can't give her what she wants. Right. I mean, it's back, to the, it's back to the control issue with mm-hmm. him. And rather than him feeling a sense of inadequacy, if he's being told that he can't have children or mm-hmm. he shouldn't, who knows mm-hmm. what the doctors told him, it's better for him to have a choice, for him to have a say in the matter, than for it to be out of his hands and out of his control. Right. Because and, that's the Sarkhan we know. Yep. And even if, even if that's totally wrong and he was never told he possibly couldn't have kids – the control thing still applies because again, mm-hmm. then we can then we can assume he's operating out of fear of the sickness coming back, right. passing it on to his kid, all these things that he doesn't want to put on a child. Exactly. And again, rather than express that fear, he he has to make it about his own control. So it's my choice. I'm controlling that I won't have a kid, kind of a thing. Right. So exactly. Anyways. So um he crouches down and he because he sees her and he's mm-hmm. like what are you doing and she's like how did you find me i was hiding so well and he explains well i can find anyone that i want hmm. and she's like oh like the prince in cinderella I and he says that. exactly just like him so he asks so how long are you gonna hide and she explains why she was hiding and she kind of reveals they're gonna get mad at me and he says okay but you can't hide like this because of that and she says, but I'm afraid. So he tells her, okay, let me tell you a secret. I'm afraid too because I have someone in my life who's very angry with me. 
And she says, oh, did you break a glass as well? <laughs> and he says, no, I did something worse. I broke her heart. And Kiraz very aptly says, you are, you are in a much worse situation, Sir Kambolat. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I love that. <laughs> so he says, yes, but what do I do? I try to face her some way to, for her to forgive me. I try my best. So I think you can do the same. Hmm. And she says, will you protect me? And he says, well, you you can handle this. And you see her kind of realize and she says, okay, I came up with the solution. And he says, all right, great. So we cut to uh, a worker maybe from the hotel who's there. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Khan says, here's the money for the glass. He's And then he, th- I thought this was really cute. He's like, did you solve it or did I solve it to Kiraz? And mm-hmm. she says, I solved it. <laughs> <laughs> He says, okay, now then apologize. And then she apologizes. And the guy says, don't mention it, princess. And she says, I'm not a princess. And Serkan backs her up and says, she's not a princess. I <laughs> love that so much. I It's such a just little silly thing. But it again. Is, but it's so cute. And yeah, they're they're united in their situation. Mm-hmm. And he, I just. Love that he totally backs her up. I know. She's not a princess. (laughs) No, she's not a princess. It's, yeah, it really is. And I wish, because clearly there's more that happens after this based on when we get to the car scene between her and Edda. Right. And I don't know if that was actually filmed and then cut from the episode. Mm. I don't know. Part of me wondered, I was thinking about it because I was like, man, I would have really loved to see that. But part of me wonders if either one, it's going to be a, we're going to flash back to it, like Mm. him telling her all this, maybe next episode. Or more, my, the realistic side of me is thinking, I wonder if that was just maybe, Maya's very new to acting. So maybe Mm -hmm. there just wasn't really a way to really convey the the heaviness of a scene where he's like telling her about his brother and like all this other stuff. Um, sure. So I'm not really sure why we didn't get to see that. I am a little bummed we didn't get to actually see that. Um, and I don't know if it was just for the shock factor of when she tells Edda. Like we also Maybe. are only finding out for the first time. I, um, I I could see that because we're also only seeing what Edda is seeing. We're given a very specific perspective with most oh, of those you're scenes right. between the two mm-hmm. of them. You're right. That's true. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, so that's all that's all kind of been solved with the right. glass heart. Um, right. So he he uh crouches down again and he's like, mm-hmm. Okay, so now so then what are we gonna do? And she says, We're gonna be more careful next time. And then she says, You taught me how to be brave. You're my hero. Oh. And she uh, reaches over and hugs him and they have this just really sweet moment and I think this is the moment he falls in love with her mm-hmm. and he's like oh my gosh like this little girl <laughs> and he realizes he cares for her and has this mm-hmm. connection with her Yep, because they both get this look on their faces they both smile and kind of close their eyes and hold tight to each other and then he leans back and he's like, look, let me tell you something. You shouldn't hug strangers like that. And her, again, these these very apt statements mm-hmm. and questions that she will make where we're getting these hints of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where she says, are you a stranger, Circumbola? I love it. it. And so another thing. (laughs) So you gave me that copy, that old copy of that mythology, the mythology mm-hmm, book. Mm-hmm. And so last night before I went to bed, I was like rifling through it and looking and I read the whole thing on Apollo and Artemis. Mm-hmm. And Apollo is the god of truth. And I feel like this is a connection that we've been seeing with <gasps> Kiraz of like she almost is like the little Apollo in saying these truthful things and dropping these big hints mm-hmm. of what the truth really is about who her mom is. And are you a stranger, Sir Cumbola? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that you are. <laughs> and it further just shows that her little heart already knows something. Like mm-hmm. her heart feels that connection to him that maybe her head hasn't fully made his head clearly hasn't fully made um excuse me i just uh, yeah those little moments just mean everything and again that hug felt very reminiscent of the hug at the end of episode six slash beginning of episode seven because Mm -hmm. both edda and serkan that is when a full switch i believe went off i mean we were flirting with the whole idea of their attraction and them clearly having little jealousy issues and things like that back and forth but this is where i felt like it fully cemented where both of them became very aware of how they felt about the other one yep but wouldn't convey it because he thinks she doesn't feel that way she thinks he doesn't feel that way right you know so it takes however many you know takes four more episodes for them to really spill those feelings um but yeah that this felt like that very much like Mm -hmm. this was that hug this was that hug but for them you know right um so it i just i love it all so much um so edda is now chatting with denise she has made a decision after Mm -hmm. that whole bottle scene that she needs to go because yeah he still hasn't changed his stance on kids again you know, later when she and Pearl talk, you know, this is when she explains to Pearl, like, I would just rather her have this, like, um, imagined idea of her dad than yeah. know that she has one who doesn't want her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, I I can't blame her for feeling that way. Like, right. You know, well, and she says the second I the, the second I think he would want her, the second I think mm-hmm. he would be willing to and, and and happy to to have her and willing to love her, I would tell him. Mm-hmm. And she she um follows through with that. Yeah. Yep, she does. You're absolutely right. So um but before all that comes to culmination, she's made the decision so she's telling denise i'm sorry this is not what i do this is not mm-hmm. something i do but i need to leave but i will do everything here's a list of qualified replacements i will help you interview them pick a new one mm-hmm. so she's lining all her ducks up you know she's not just up and leaving she right. is trying to take responsibility for you know the fact that she is leaving and what that means right and but she does tell denise like please don't say anything to Sarkon. now what cracks me up and then I'm like, okay, are you – at first I was like, are you secretly a shipper now? Because the first – literally the next scene, she's like, Sarah Combe uh, is leaving. Yeah. And, like, she knows that they have a past and a history she at does. this point now. So it's like she has to know what that's going to do to him. Like, mm. I mean, granted, there's – then she's also like, but you're the sexiest architect I've ever worked with. So clearly there's still, like, a flirtation there too. 
But right. part of me was like, even deep down, do you want to see them together now? Because why would you – you just had the chance to have him all to yourself without Edda being there for his googly eyes to be on her. But right. you told him. I mean, she says, like, I'm just terrible at keeping secrets. I love sharing them, all that, you know. So I could be giving her a little too much credit. But um, it just – cracked me up that she blabbed right away so yeah. of course there comes like well if she leaves i leave so if you like working with me you better mm -hmm. find a way to make her stay we get yeah. this whole montage where she's naysaying every single replacement every interview for yeah. the dumbest reasons like he's too <laughs> tall so, or i don't like your zodiac sign yeah. or the, the, the look of your eyes is bad or like your eyes are the wrong color or <laughs> And, and of course, it's like, what does any of this have to do with their talent? And then, of course, because Edda is smart, she's like, mm -hmm. you told Sarkon, didn't you? And now you're yeah. basically helping him. Um, so this is where I think you – did you talk about this um, yesterday in the first part where Pina admits about her big mistake to Idon and all? Yeah, we, we covered about that? the okay. whole Pina and all the parentage stuff with the four stooges um, okay. and the okay. mistaken identity and all okay. that kind of stuff. So we don't need to cover that. Okay, so then we have this Edsair run-in. Yeah, because she confronts him. Oh, you're right. It wasn't just a run-in. She sought him out to be like – Yeah, because okay, she's okay. mad. <laughs> yes. Well, understandably so. Yeah. So, you know, she basically calls him out and she's like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't have the exact screenshots, but – I mean, really, they're just kind of going back and forth because it's, it's just yes. showing that they want two different things because she's like, well, I don't want this. And he's like, well, I do. Like, right. I, I want this and I want you. And – and, and you she, know she's like, I hate you, Sarkon Bolot. And he <laughs> says, and I hate you, Edda Bolot. And, and she, like, oh my gosh, so good. I, I mean, it has to be. A, do you think it's just a Freudian slip that he said Bolot? Okay, that. Or do you or, think he was trying to like egg her on? I, I, I gosh. It's hard because initially when I first read that, I was like, oh, that's just a Freudian slip. Like, cause he that's also, what I thought. Because he also had Edda Bolot written on her coffee cup back in right. 24. So I thought right. maybe it was just like, okay. But then someone – and again, this could be reaching, but hey, that's what theories are for. Someone was like, well – what if they actually got married at some point? I mean, I know she said he kept putting off the wedding, so it's very unlikely. But mm -hmm. I just liked that someone was like, what if they actually were married? Like, they did mm. get married at some point. Like, just went and got married. Not because – like, didn't have a whole wedding and all that stuff. Um, right. Because obviously he was, you know, like, I don't have time to plan all these big things. But – that someone was like, mm. what if they did just kind of like elope, but then things still just imploded. They separated. It would also explain him being like um, uh, Yilda. Like it could kind of explain a little bit with him being like, oh, Yilda is back in that first episode. Um, mm. Because like, oh, so she's using her former last name, not like a new last name. I don't – someone explained it way better. It's probably very unlikely. He, yeah. he, he probably wasn't saying that like your last name is – is still Bolot. Um, right. But See, I was like, yeah, I thought I, it was like him trying to speak it into, into existence like manifest it. Because when she says Yildiz, and then he, it, it almost seems like he catches himself and realizes, oh, did I say, did I call her Edda Bolot? Oh, that's a really good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. Okay. Because he, then he comes back and he's like, Bolot, just to be contrary, because right. that's who he is. <laughs> and then she says Yildiz again. And then he uh, says, he we'll, says, you'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll or you'll see. see. 
So yeah, clearly much more likely the Freudian slip theory makes way more sense. Um, right. And I wish I had screenshotted it because the person who wrote it actually had like they had it really well written. Actual where it's like, okay, this could actually be like a tricky like thing. Uh, right. But yeah. So yeah, most likely Freudian slip that we all loved. And Either way, it was great. <laughs> yes, it absolutely was. So then we have the DNA chaos, the hair thing, the goons right. being the goons. And this is when we have Aiden Pearl's talk, which we, you know, kind of touched on that. And again, I think it speaks a lot that even Pearl is in agreement with her. Yeah. Someone who knows Sercon, excuse me, mm-hmm. very well, has known him for a very long time, even longer than Ida, has been around in that five-year gap yeah. to continually see his lack of change as far as where he's at with kids. Um, well, and Ida says, you know how much he hates kids, and mm-hmm. Pearl is like, don't I? Yeah. So you, you, she clearly is in support of this. Mm-hmm. So and I just and I, I really I think that's just super important, you know, and mm-hmm. Pearl says, listen, now that Iodon's basically got her nose on the trail, like she's yeah. probably not going to really give this up. So it is probably good that you leave for a while till things die down, um, yada, yada, yada. So and it is like it's just a good thing that they don't have anything uh, from Kiraz to test her genetics. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, John walk, walks up with a lock of her hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so that's out the window. <laughs> too funny. Is there any kind of, is there a fairy tale or anything that has anything to do with giving a lock of hair? I didn't even think about like looking into that. Um, the only thing I ever think of is Anne of Green Gables because Anne and Diana give each other a lock bos- of hair when they buddies. get separated. Um, but fairy tales. I, I was trying to think, is there any kind of fairy tale or mythology? I should have looked up any there kind might of mythology be. too. Um, I just. There might be. Nothing comes to mind though. So. Now we have Ed and Melo and Ifer. It's just kind of a little sad scene. They're just they're gonna miss her. They're sad she's leaving because yeah, as we've known, up. they've they've pretty much been all together since Kiraz was born, it seems. Because even Melo's mm-hmm. like, can't I don't know if she says, Can you bring me with you? Or if she's like, Can't you just leave Kiraz here with me? Like <laughs> Yeah. You know, she doesn't really want to be apart from them. And, yeah. you know, she's like, It's just for a little while, plus you can come see us, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, it's just temporary. So then we switch over to one of the best scenes in the episode because they realize they don't know where kiraz is shocking (laughs) so well she's a free child find out where she is (laughs) so she's out on the she's out on the beach serkan's walking and he sees Mm -hmm. her and again he could have just kept on going not his concern Mm -hmm. not hit you know what i mean but he Mm -hmm. stops and he says kiraz she says evet he says what are you doing she says looking for my necklace my mom gave it to me. She'll be very angry that I lost it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, where did you drop? And then he sees a necklace and he says, is it this one? Okay, y'all, that necklace for sure has an S on it. And it looks like also a K and an E. Yeah. So, okay. So another hint. Okay. Uh-huh. And Sarah Khan clearly has to see these letters because he's the one holding the necklace. Right. So... She says, you really do find everything. Soon you'll find me too. I left you a clue. Mm-hmm. And he looks at her and says, did Edda give you this? And because I feel like it's it's like a kid reminiscent version of the charm bracelet that Sarah Khan gave her. But it's a necklace. Because sure. it's got like the charms and stuff on it. So yeah. she says, yeah, this is what I love. She says, yes. And he says, 
but you said your mom gave it to you. And she turns around and kind of makes that face because again, she wants him to put two and two together for some reason. Like she mm-hmm. wants to put two and two together. She wants this game to be over. And Kira says, she's both Edda and mom. And he says, hmm. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm going far away, Serkan Bolat. Find me too. Mm-hmm. And he says, here, take your necklace. Keshke. And then I yeah, want to know so, so that, badly that what he was going to say. Oh. That Keshke. <laughs> That is Aisha, only Aisha can use a keshke in such a powerful way. I know. Doesn't it scream episode 11 of EK with that it text? Does. Except we actually got the other half of that keshke. <laughs> right. But because Eda walks up and she's like, Kiraz, come on. Um, she's like, we were looking for you everywhere. Suitcases are ready. It's time to go. And Kiraz says, I don't want to go. And she says, okay, well, um, let's hit the road before it gets too late. And Serkan is like, are you leaving immediately too? Because he's thinking it's just Melo and Mm -hmm. Kiraz. Mm -hmm. And she picks up Kiraz and she says yes. And he's like, you don't have to go, Eda. Just like in episode 11. "Mm -hmm." And she says, I wish I didn't. Hoshcha call Serkan. And then she walks away. And can't you feel his heart breaking uh-huh. as Kiraz waves to waves him? Waves at him. And then he waves back and he looks like he's losing. Uh, obviously, Eda is going to be a big deal that she's right. running away from him. Right. But the fact that Kiraz is the one who really seems to elicit that response in him. I was uh-huh. like, holy crap. He really loves this little girl. Yeah. I know. Ugh, it's just... So, it's so good. It's so good. So, um, yeah, again, he's got all these clues dangling in front of him mm-hmm. and just hasn't put them all together. Um, right. So, you know, he's very sad. <laughs> um, he, it seems like he's going to leave now, too, because he's kind of packing his suitcase while he's in his hotel room. And... um. And, but then he kind of gets a wild hair, like, okay, no, I need to go at least make an, uh, one more attempt. So he drives over to, um, where Ifair and them are all staying. And of course he, we get the scene of them actually leaving and hugging Ifair and Melo and Barack driving them off. Sarah Con right. arrives a little bit after that. So of course Ifair is like, she's gone. Don't you think you put her through enough? Please stop mm-hmm. this. Blah, blah, blah. He doesn't even fight it. He just says goodnight and leaves. Right. So um when he gets in, um, when he gets in the car, he sees a shoelace sticking uh-huh. out of his glove box. And he opens the glove box and he sees the shoe that Kiraz clearly left as a clue. Mm-hmm. Um and I know we mentioned this already, but I love that it's the same pattern as the guitar pick that Edda carries around. Yeah. And um, so he winds up back in his hotel room and he's just kind of like sitting and staring at this shoe. Did you also and notice? he's packing up. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's packing up. But now he's like – he's paused that for now because he's just sitting on the edge right. of his bed like – things are – I think just stuff is – feelings, whatever it is, it's all starting to hit him. Um, yeah. And I almost wonder, I really wonder if he was starting to put it together mm-hmm. for himself, but not 
just not quite. Um, right. So he's staring at the shoe. A little funny. This happens in every show at some point. Continuity errors. Because when he's in his hotel room, it's the other foot and the shoes are tied. <laughs> so I just oh, thought it was that's funny. funny. Uh-huh. Um, anyhow, so Ed and Kiraz are in the car. And I just, I just love, love, love this. Um, do you have this? Because again, I do. mine are all out of order and I have no idea where it is. So they're in the car and uh, <laughs> part of me is like, Edda, this isn't safe. She needs to be in her own seat with her own seatbelt. <laughs> I know because she's like, I know she's like got her on her lap, huh? <laughs> yeah. And, but in Disneyland, they're perfectly safe. Exactly. Um so she's got Kiraz on her lap and she's like, where are your shoes? Did you lose them? And Kiraz explains, no, I left them for Serkan Bolat. She's like, like the princess in Cinderella. <laughs> and it does like, oh, crap. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, why? For him to find us there. Serkan and Eda starts to explain. Serkan is very good, but a very busy person. And Kiraz explains, he took great care of me. <sighs> And Eda, like a mom thinking she knows better than her child, says, no, he didn't. I was there. I saw it. She says, he worked and he turned his back on you. And then Kiraz, like the wonderful truth teller, explains, no, we were drawing, uh, I was drawing floating houses or flying houses with him. And he turned so that I wouldn't look. He told me a lot. And Ed is like, why? What did he tell you? Oh, he said his favorite food is cherry. Uh, his favorite fruit is the cherry. His favorite color is blue. He has a dog. He misses his brother a lot. There's a fairy girl he loves so much. And he believes in fairy girls like a child. Oh. And Ed looks like she's just been stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. And she's totally gutted and really realizes what she had told Pearl that the second she thought Mm -hmm. Serkan would be okay and want this child, she would tell him. Mm. And you see the understanding just totally settle on her face. Because who else has he ever told those things? Especially, especially about his brother. Yes. Like, he that out just of talk about that. No, out of all of them, the mm-hmm. brother thing is what really, really sticks out. And yeah. again, him talking, okay, it's very specific that he tells her that he has a Perry because that he is in love with because yeah. he already, it's funny because like he clearly knows that, um, uh, she has said that her mom's a fairy girl. Granted, yeah. we supposedly all think it's Melo. But I feel like that helps even understanding Dawn on Kiraz because she's mm-hmm. like, he must love my mom very much. Meaning right, Ida. My because my mom is also a fairy girl. Exactly. Even if she doesn't think that they're one and the same. Right. Yep. So anyhow, I just, oh, so good. So like you said, she, you know, she is going to turn around. So we're back at the hotel. He's sitting on the edge of his bed with the shoe, just kind of staring at it very deep in whatever is swirling around in his little mind and heart right now. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all the goons are racing to try to go to tell him. So when right. that hotel room door opens, it could be any one of them. 
Right. Because Idon and um, mm-hmm. Angen are on their way to his room to go tell him. And then we switch over and there's a knock on the door. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, who? Oh, crap. Are they going to tell him first? Which in DZ Land. don't want that. And in DZ Land, that's the likely route to go. Like, yes. is when there's a truth to be found out, it's going to be found out. It's going to be told to you by a third party and not the exactly. person that it's supposed to be coming from. Right. So the fact that it is Edda who walks in. And she's Mm -hmm. holding the other shoe. And he is like, I tried to come after you, Mm -hmm. you you know, I know she needs her shoes, but you guys were long gone. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, she, she's just looking at him. Obviously, she's scared. She's nervous. She knows she's about. She also looks like she's been crying. Yeah. And because she has to know what she's about to unleash. Yeah. Is not just going to be – yes, it's going to be emotional, but it's going to be a range of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she winds up telling him, Serkan, <laughs> this little girl, mm-hmm. this this sweet, sweet girl, I am her mother and mm-hmm. you are her father. When I heard her say, and you are her father, I was like – I was amazed because I wasn't expecting the full, full reveal. Me either. I was I, expecting her to say, I'm her mom. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she also told him, I was like, yes. We're uh-huh. like, we, it, it's happened. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, I know. Especially because, like, you would think the and her father part would have been saved for, like, the beginning of the next episode. Right. Um, so, okay. So, she – the person who has the truth to hide is the one who actually shared the truth. Yeah. I loved that before Idon and Ingen and all them could get to get yes. to him. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's coming. They're probably going to spill right into the hotel room the second Serkan's about to say something. Of course. Um, so, you know, here's the thing. So I want to read um, – this kind of went with – we kind of covered this throughout the episode, all the clues and dropping. But mm-hmm. MZ rants on Twitter. I loved how she connected the whole what is essential is invisible to the eye. Mm. Um, and, you know, because she's pointing out how um, – that the episode sums up that that quote between Kiraz and Serkan. That yeah. Edda saw Serkan with a broken heart and a bitter eye and was seeing a tainted image of him. Which, again, goes with your whole pilot theory, too. Um, mm-hmm. And so she couldn't appreciate that um, any efforts he made, no matter how little they were. She's hurt and needs healing in order to see these things. Um, and then she says, we saw our side characters trying to figure out what is essential. Kiraz being Serkan's daughter. Um, and at the end of their hilarious process, they found out. Perol didn't show her cards and kept an eye on everyone. She knows Aidan Hanem kept on digging for – it will keep on digging for years. Serkan is blinded by his efforts to make Edda forgive him. Hmm. Um, so basically he's missing these essential clues being given to him by yeah. Kiraz. Um, feeling something is off but not being able to dig deeply enough to figure out what it is. Um, hmm. So I just like that she was kind of laying out all the things that were, quote, invisible to people different characters based on what their perspective is yeah um and then willa um had written i i just really liked this she said i like to think of central kapama as the back of an embroidery piece 
When we look at it from the back, it looks like nothing more than a bunch of tangled threads that make no sense. However, as the work advances and the piece starts to take form, the beauty unravels, we understand that every thread was necessary and meaningful to the completion of the piece. We realize that without the mess in the back, the beautiful creation wouldn't have seen the light of day. And that is the case with Aisha's Sunshell Kapama. In order to get the beautiful happy ending we aspire to, we sometimes have to endure some events that may seem meaningless on the surface. There's always more than meets the eye, and sometimes all one has to do to see the big picture is let go of their prejudice and fear and trust the process. If I had to choose a theme of episode 42, it would be prejudice and fear and how they turn us blind and distort the truth. Oh my and gosh. So, such a good analogy, right? In in Edda's case, Serkan's rejection of of her love, their love, especially over work, left her hurt and convinced that he hasn't changed a bit. She's so prejudiced against him, she couldn't see the bond forming right under her nose between father and daughter, and really neither could we. It took Kiraz narrating her side of the story for Edda to realize how distorted her version of the events were. Mm-hmm. Having gotten rid of her prejudice, she's finally willing to be liberated of the huge burden she's been carrying for five years and tell Serkan the truth. Um... And just like Edda with Serkan, many viewers are so prejudiced against Aisha and her writing, they're unwilling to see the clues she leaves us in every episode. Many choose to interpret the events in a way that fits their narrative and agendas. Mm. In Serkan's case, Aisha wrote him as this brilliant, highly intelligent man. So many fans find it odd and out of character for him not to come to the right conclusion. However, him not being able to see that Kiraz is indeed his daughter, especially given the many hints and clues that were being left behind, mainly by her, have nothing to do with intelligence, but rather human nature. Fear will do that to a person. Uh Serkan is so unyielding, so inflexible, and so terrified about having kids for reasons that are unknown at the moment that his mind is literally blind to the evident truth in front of him. Again, have to see with the heart. Um, this doesn't make him any less smart. It just makes him human. Serkan is so terrified of having kids that he's in denial because how much more obvious can Kiraz get, especially in the lost necklace scene? Yeah. Um, and then she explains the K, the E, and the S, um, the confession, you know, about my mom is my mom and Ada. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the mere possibility of Kiraz being his daughter doesn't cross his mind, despite her huge clue. Maybe maybe deep in his subconscious, the implications of being away from his family and missing so many milestones and memories are over so overwhelming that denial is his weapon to deal with it. Oh, I'm De- sure. Denial is a powerful tool, y'all. Uh, Serkan has developed a phobia, which may as well be associated with a particular incident or trauma, again at the moment, unknown. Phobias can be treated through gradual exposure uh, to the person or situation that causes fear and anxiety. This is known as desensitization or self-exposure therapy. That's exactly what's been happening in his encounters with Kiraz. Sirkan is able to build an organic relationship with her because he doesn't recognize her as his fear. Without this vital piece of information, he's able to build a genuine bond with her and appreciate her for the colorful individual that she is. Um, and then she uh, puts a quote here from Arthur Schopenhauer. It says, all truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is accepted as being self-evident. That's so good. I love those those, uh, observations. It's so interesting, too, because I, as I was watching the episode, I realized um, it was, it's obviously not a similar story in many ways, but excuse me i love the 
very long 1995 version of Pride and Prejudice. It's mm-hmm. like six hours. It was aired as a mini series of six separate episodes. And episode four is my favorite because that is when Lizzie really starts to take her prejudices mm-hmm. and they start getting flipped on their head because she sees Darcy at his home. She sees this supposedly brand new side of him <laughs> and that's really when she starts to be intrigued when she starts to fall in love with him. Yeah. And it's it, I, it's just my favorite episode of the, the series. The, the whole series. And there's something about this episode that felt very reminiscent but specifically with Kiraz and Serkan, mm-hmm. it was like these things were opening up where maybe Serkan's prejudices that he had had previously against children, despite knowing somebody, a, a, an adorable little kid like John, sure, Kiraz is the one that's really sort of waking him up to the realities of what children are and who they can be and how much of a bond you can really have and a connection you can have with these with children yeah um so there like the moment when edda walks away with kiraz it felt like there in in each in each version of pride and prejudice there's mm-hmm. like a specific scene uh, often people in the the kira knightley version they talk about the hand the hand flex uh huh <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and there's a very similar situation in of the same scene in uh the 1995 version where he puts her up into the carriage and then they drive away Uh and she actually turns around and so there was just something about that part there's like a it just gave me goosebumps about a parting moment Uh between people and i was like kiraz is that right there for that scene where she's walking away and he's like what what have i done what have i just Mm -hmm. lost yeah it just this story is just so good. So good. Oh my gosh. I I just love now listen, there's absolutely nothing wrong with enjoying a good old simple like, you know, I said I've been watching Oshkloft and on Lamaze, like and yeah. it's there, you know, the, and I don't this is not saying this in any negative connotation because I'm enjoying it very much so far. I'm I'm on like episode ten. But you know, it is the it's it's a rom. It's got angst and all this stuff, but it's a rom com. It's there's not a whole lot beneath the surface to it. Um, is it? But and it's very enjoyable. And I am. Yeah. There's so much about it that I'm loving. There's great angst. There's good chemistry. All this stuff. There is just something I love though about a story where you have to dig beneath the surface, like right. something like this, um, mm-hmm. where the surface alone itself is perfectly enjoyable, like mm-hmm. without all the digging and you know, um, floral meanings and mythology connections. But for me, and I think it's safe to say for you personally, there's just an enrichment when you can be, when you're able to break down scenes or pieces of the story and make connections like this. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, yeah, I'm really loving that that's what this season seems to be full of, at least within these first three episodes. Now, um, Obviously, this coming episode is going to be very angsty and very emotional and probably all over the map because Serkan was just given some very, very um, life-altering news that has been the culmination of five years in a matter of a 10-second statement. Yeah. So I just want to say he, he gets to feel however he feels in that moment. Like, 
Because in the fragment that played right after the episode, the clip at the end of the fragment has him saying, I'm not ready to be a father, which sent a lot of people into a tailspin that I won't get into. Um, But I was very annoyed by it because I'm like, okay, uh, is he supposed to just... people are always going to trust a fragment. They're always going to do it no matter how many times they're proven to have overreacted or shown clearly that the fragment either isn't even in the episode (laughs) or gives away the ending or to completely fold everybody. Or is only part of a statement. Exactly. Um, Now, here's the thing. Even if his whole statement is... I'm not ready to be a dad. I, I mean, it's a very realistic response because he yeah. was just made the father of a five-year-old. This is not yeah. someone saying, I'm pregnant and you have nine months to get used to, to this get idea. Used to idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is, here is a whole human being in front of you who you has go. a personality and yeah. Uh, Time to so, be a father. Yeah. So if his initial gut reaction is like, I'm not ready to be a dad, like, he probably isn't, it, realistically. He, exactly. Who is ready when you have – who's ever, exactly. quote, ready to be a parent when they're about yeah. to become a parent, much Nobody. less when they're told they are already a parent. Um, so I – that reaction did not bother me if that is, in fact, the entire statement. Part of me right. thinks it's like, I'm not ready to be a dad, dot, 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 but I want to try or right. will you help me? Or you sure. know what I mean? Like something like that. But even if sure. that's not what it is, he gets to feel that way. I mean, we all have our initial gut reactions to things before we like digest yeah. it and, you know, figure out our plan of action, mm-hmm. whatever the news is. So I think we're going to see him go through these stages of anger that he missed so much, mm-hmm. um, anger that he wasn't told until now. But also right. a reflection of, like, what led to this situation even existing. Right. Like, why did I miss out on these five years? Why was she put in a position where she even had to make this decision? Yeah. Um, like, why did I – really, when it comes down to it, why did I feel that way? And some flashbacks maybe to what he was thinking and mm-hmm. attempting to make happen in those moments in the past. And we're going to grow to – of course, he's going to realize, like – He's going to play back all his interactions with Kiraz in a new light, mm-hmm. I think. Whether we actually see that happen on screen or it just is implied. Um, I think he's going to reflect on all these interactions from the beginning, the things that she has said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to lead to him like being like, I th- I have a bond with this little girl. Like, regardless of parentage or not. Like, I right. – and he's going to want to nurture that and – and explore that. And right. I think that's what all of tomorrow's episode is going to be. And I think it's I think it's going to be really good. Like it's mm-hmm. it's going to be hard because we already even got a flash. We even see in the next fragment like he's clearly watching key moments that have happened in her that have happened in the five years um, on a computer. Because, of course, Edda taped things like her learning to walk. I, w- I, that, I never doubted that. Like I'm sure she caught all these pivotal moments. Oh, yeah. Because, again – like you said, when she's talking to Pearl, the second she even thought that he would be willing to be a dad, like mm-hmm. she would not keep Kiraz from him. Um, right. So, of course, she's going to have those moments, not just for herself, but to be able to give those moments to Sirkan, um, when and if that time ever came. So I yeah. think we're just going to see this whole culmination of that. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh, man, I just I cannot wait. 
I cannot it's wait. Good. It's going to be so good. And did you see that um, Bashak wrote another song? Yeah, that was on at the end of this uh-huh. episode. Yeah, and it's called yeah. Kiraz. I love it so yeah. much. So It was really good. I, was, I, I didn't realize, like, a different song started playing. And then I was like, oh, that's Bashak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. She yeah. wrote a song named Kiraz. I, I love that. It just, I don't know. I love that she is even so inspired by the story being told that, yeah. like, she's writing songs based on it. I mean, this is the second time she's written a song based on the the show. Um, yeah. So I, I just really love that, too. So um, do you have any other, like, uh, thoughts or theories no, or anything about? we totally covered it. Okay. Well, um we finally we concluded the other half of <laughs> of our episode um thank you guys for sticking with us of course and i know we already explained this at the beginning um but we'll we'll be back in just a couple of days uh with the happenings of tomorrow's episode so mm-hmm. i can't wait um you guys know where to find us all over social media um oh i'm also i'm going to link um i'm going to link an edit because God bless this girl. She just joined Twitter. So her edit is now on Twitter. Um, Ashley watched it for the first time last night. And it's a it's a edit with John M. and Ed Sarah. And mm-hmm. it's just making all these connections in their stories based on Son M's letter. And it is beautiful. It is heartbreaking. And it is just – it is a perfect collage of – why we love Aisha's storytelling so much, like put yeah. into a video. She did such a beautiful job on it. So I'm going to link to um, her Twitter post with that video because I think everyone, if you haven't seen it, needs to watch that edit very much. Yeah. So so um, you know where to find us. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned our merch store in a while, but hey, we've got a merch store full hmm. of uh, DZ-inspired goodies. So uh, you can check that in the episode notes. And other than that, we'll see you guys in a couple of days. So until next time. Good shooters. Close to call. Merhaba, Kristen here. Uh, we have a little bonus for you at the end of this episode. So if you made it this far, thanks for sticking with us. Um, Ashley and I both recorded our initial um, first reactions to that bottle scene in this week's Senchal Kapama because as most, if not all of you know, we have been waiting to know what Sanem wrote on the note in her bottle that she threw into the ocean back in Erkenjikush two years ago. So because this is something we have been so excited for and so looking forward to, we each agreed to record ourselves when we saw that scene for the first time. I saw it for the first time during the live airing when there were no subs. Um, and Ashley saw it for the first time after the subs dropped uh, later that evening. So we both recorded it and they're raw. It's kind of messy, a little chaotic, but we thought it would be fun if you wanted to hear how we felt when uh, that scene first happened. So keep listening if you're interested and we hope you enjoy it. Oh my gosh, they're opening a letter from the bottle right now on the live episode. My heart is beating so fast. So fast, my heart is beating. Her 
Is he reading Sonem's words? Whose words is he reading? I'm freaking out. I think he's reading Sonem's words. Edda's face. These are Sonem's words. They have to be. I can't believe this. My heart right now. Oh, what did it say? What did it say? What did it say? Oh, Aisha! Oh my gosh. Oh. I'm like shaking you guys. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Someone just said, can someone check on Kristen? Is she still breathing? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like shaking. I can't believe this. I've been away from you for a long time. And no matter how much I tried, I can't forget. I can't erase you. Years taught me that love isn't like a fairy tale. It hurts, but you go back and try again. Love isn't a fairy tale. It's a hope. Be with me. Find me. Sanem. And then Serkan said, if only I was as good a writer as Sanem, then I could have written such words for you too. Oh my gosh. Mm. This is, oh my gosh. This is, oh. Okay, pardon me while I go cry. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
I'm crying. The only thing that could have made this better is if Demet read it. Too scared. Edda, he's too scared. Mm -hmm.